Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Juice. My name is Michael Dean. We over here working it like a job. And today we are finally, <clears throat> I am just losing my voice. We are finally going to review Zack Snyder's Justice League. Man, you already know we've been talking about this movie for weeks, for months, for years. It is finally here. Can't wait to talk about it. Joining me today to talk about this, we have a special guest, Violet Brown. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing beautiful. I am ready to talk about the new gods, as they like to say. <laughs> also, Mr. Ant Pooh, sir, how are you? I'm doing lovely, quite lovely, despite the clowning from Mr. Podcast, <laughs> Chief Podcast Officer. But that's okay. I got some forms at some point. Receipts will be dealt. Wow. I know the listeners are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> See, I'm very aggressive. Like, is he threatening Michael? I don't know. <laughs> but nonetheless, that's okay. That's okay. Um, also join us, Mr. Big Sexy and Sax, or how are you? I am doing well. Got an update on my Eddie Van Halen guitar. It will be here on April 1st. All right. And uh, yeah, so we're going to sit here. We're going to talk about Justice League. First, I will tell you, we are going to do a non-spoiler review first. So if you have not had a chance to watch this movie, it's going to be okay. We're not going to spoil it in this first section. But then after that, we're going heavily spoiler conversation. So we'll give you full warning before that. So there you go. Now, we are missing one uh, person who would love to be on here. I don't know if he says he's too busy, but Q-Storm is not here. Um, he is currently, as we are recording, in the Discord chat shitting on the movie. But that's, <laughs> but that's another thing. That's another thing. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Also, but, in other words, it's a regular Saturday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's just say Q is doing what Q does best. So there you go. Gotcha. All right. Mikey from Life Serial. Yes, yes. <laughs> so let's get into this. Justice League. Ah, oh, I just. I got a lot to say, but first I'm going to let uh, ladies first, man, we're gonna roll out the red carpet for Violet. Uh, Violet, what did you think of Justice League? And before you go into that also, did you see the 2017 Josh Whedon version of Justice League? I did. I actually saw it at the theater and I remember because it was my birthday and I have a really hard time with Superman dying. Even though I know he comes back, it was just a bad time for childhood heroes to be dying. I saw them both. I'm going to do my very, very best not to spoil anything. I will just say that I thought um, there were some really important elements to the comic that were included in this version. And I like the way that they were included. I felt like that first version, and actually I went back and watched it again just to make sure, you know, I was on point with it. And I just, there were a lot of things that didn't exactly makes sense like if you if you know the comic you will know why some stuff was happening but it just kind of zoomed to the next thing and it wasn't really clear why i feel like this movie made it more clear for people who wouldn't already know what was going on that's all i got without spoiling anything okay and, and i'm what did you think of the movie Remind me. i liked it okay. i liked it i i thought it was i thought it made much more sense than the uh 2017 version okay all right uh big sexy uh, and you're a comic historian. Uh, yes, and and you, did you see their Josh Whedon version as well? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, with all of that context, what did you think of Zack Snyder's Justice League? You know, DC Comics and DC Entertainment need to lose Josh Whedon's number. That's what I think. Agreed. You know, Zack <laughs> did the damn thing. 
You know, <laughs> we ain't even close. I'm looking. <clears throat> I'm looking at his filmography now. I don't like anything he's ever done. There it is. I said it. You know, uh, Zach came in, and I I do believe Zach did 302 and Watchmen. Mm-hmm. So you could see that sensibility he brought to it. Uh, he knocked it out of the park. You know, he, this was a great film. Now, granted, the length is, is heavy, but yeah. it moves so seamlessly. You know, it's really well done. Hats off to Zach. Joss, go find another line of work. That's Dang. it. <laughs> okay. And Pooh. What do you think of the movie? Yes, I saw it, and it is a triple indictment of, well, actually maybe a quadruple indictment of, of course, Joss Whedon. Uh, I forget the Asian guy's name um, that, that was the head of Warner Brothers that said, um, creativity be damned, it's a business, let me get that bonus. And Josh, <laughs> Jeff Johns and Warner Brothers Studio as a whole, um, what, I'm just really curious as to how they saw Joss's um, finished product and say, you know what, that, that's good enough. That's good enough. So it's much better and it's more cohesive, cohesive. And guess what? Minorities and women actually get an opportunity to shine in this film. Now what a talk about that. <laughs> no, we talking about all of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm I'm gonna wait because I have very specific things to say. But okay. I agree with both of the, the gentlemen. Um, my understanding is the well, I know some of the background, but they wanted it to be lighter and more humorous, which would be more like Avengers when it's DC is not light. It's not Marvel. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I agree with them. And and, and the thing about the minorities, I'll, I'll hold off on that because I don't want to spoil okay. it for anybody. All right, Ampu, are you still going? Oh, no, no, I was done. Okay. Okay, so uh, my thought on the movie. Now, uh, y'all know I'm a big super fan of Batman v Superman. Uh, That is my favorite comic book movie. I love it. I watch that movie damn near at least once a week. Like parts of it or the whole thing. I just think it's a brilliant movie. I'm a big Zack fan. I love Man of Steel. So for me, watching this movie, you know, and I watched the Josh Whedon version multiple times. I own that movie. I've I've seen that with my daughter. We, we know we have certain favorite parts. We just recite them and play it out. So I know that movie like the back of my hand. I was very I wanted to love that movie so bad when it come, came out because I love that take on these heroes. But I really I, I watching it. I was like, God, they shitted on Zach. Like you can tell they. We're changing stuff. The tone was different. Characters were doing goofy shit. Correct. Um, so I was, I've been waiting on this movie for years. Uh, let me start first to say that what I thought of this movie, I, I love the movie. That's an easy thing to say. Um, this movie is a, uh, is a continuation sure. of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and it has the same tone. And it flows with that. To me, this is a great trilogy. Uh, it, it works great to me. I love everything in it. Uh, Zach's visuals are on point, as usual, but even just more so here. Um, the uh, decision to play this in this sort of IMAX ratio or aspect ratio on screen, love it. Um, I think it's a bold decision. 
I think the four-hour runtime is a bold decision. And I'm going to tell you why. So one, I will say this movie works because it is different from everything else. And what I mean by that is, uh, like the first version of this movie, it was mandated to be a certain time frame because it was the rules that are set from a business perspective to show a movie in the theater. The reason why you want to keep it at a certain time is because they can have multiple showings per day of that movie so they can make money. Those rules define how that movie was made and a lot of movies, right? That's fine. But because we're in a pandemic, because the theaters are closed, you can throw those rules out of the window, right? Because this is a streaming service, the traditional movie rules don't have to apply here. Now, to a creative person, that should get them to be like, oh, now I can do some shit. I can be creative. I don't have to. I can just be free. Like, why do I have to conform to what's the norm? There's no reason to. It doesn't make sense. So here, it can be as long as it needs to be, right? There's no, you're at home. You're not forced to sit there and watch it in one sitting if you don't want to. And they put chapters in this to even like sort of it's truly, uh, illustrate that, yeah, you can pause it here or whatever, just like you would normally do any other TV. You're in control. So it being super long, as people are saying, it's not. A, a, why shouldn't it be? We're not in the theater. You don't have to think on those rules anymore. There's a different way to be creative. So that also allows them to tell the story in a different way because now it's like shit we can go deep into a character we're mm -hmm. not under the gun and this movie does that great so i i love this i think this movie is super creative i think to me this is zach on his uh around the world in the day you know <laughs> everybody else is loving thriller and is a michael jackson fan and, and even loves your last work great he's to say you know what I'm going to go the other direction. This may not work for everybody, but it's going to, but it's my vision. I'm the artist. So wouldn't you want the artist to do what the artist is feeling and be creative as opposed to our expectations? And I say that with the group of people that I'm with right now, the guy we talk about did his whole career that way. Yeah. Right. He went against the grain, even when his own camp was like, dude, you should just stay with Purple Rain. What the fuck are you doing? Nah, I'm going that way. And some people jumped off. Legions of people jumped on. Mm -hmm. And he built a career off of that. To me, Zach is the same thing. It's like, okay, his movies came out in the height of Marvel. And so we were all like, if it's not like Marvel, it ain't hidden. <laughs> Which is cool. But that's not art. We can't, we can't hold artists to conform to the most popular brand of art at the time, right? We don't want everybody to be Michael Jackson. Exactly. We don't want everybody to be Prince. We want yeah. you to be the artist. So he came in and uh, at the time, right, it, it wasn't like Marvel. Some people say, eh, that's, that's too dark. or uh, And their minds are thinking because they're so attracted by this thing, which is great. They want it all to be that way. And some people weren't ready for it. Now, there was a legion of people. And the reason why we get to see this movie, actually, there were fans that was like, yo, I dig this shit. Like, this is some shit. I ain't never seen this. This is a whole different take on it. Great. They were, uh, the great thing was those group of people were so passionate about it. And, and kind of, again, I'm going back to the Prince analogy. 
And when I talked about Prince earlier, there's people, they into Prince, they into Prince. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just, ah. And this was the same passion. There's people that was into what Zach was doing. They was into what Zach was doing to the point where I'm going online. I'm going to demand they make this movie. And we're going to gravitate together and have our own little celebrations and champion this movie we didn't get to see and keep the pressure on and the peep. And then, you know, society changes, the circumstances changes, the pandemic and technology changes. And Warner's was like, you know what? Let's put this shit out. Let's do this. To me, it would be like the same thing if when we got signed the Times, which was the edited down version of what Prince wanted to do, it was still great. But what if Warner Brothers would have came back to Prince a couple years later and said, you know what? The fans have been on our ass. I'm going to let you put out Crystal Ball, goddammit. And here's another, here's some more money to even do it even more crazy. You can be seven, seven albums in that bitch or whatever. It's, you know, if, if it was streaming or something like, well, we don't have to sell them. They're going to listen to it for free anyway. You know what I mean? We're going to get a subscription. So this is the same type. This movie sort of heralds a new direction for movies, in my opinion, where we don't have to be conformed to the rules of the movie theater in that business. Does not have to dictate what the story says. So that means hopefully this opens the door for other movies. Doesn't have to be science fiction. It could be whatever. I was like, you know what? We can have a long ass running movie. As long as it's good. People will watch it. They're not, you know, people say, well, can people handle that? It, it seems as if we can. I think you don't want to underestimate your audience. They can, some people can handle it. And the great mm-hmm. thing is it doesn't, it's, it's not being dictated by the box office, right? Oh, how much money does it make opening day? Well, that's, that, those rules are out the door, remember? So we can just judge it on, did you like that shit? And let the business people worry about did people sign up to watch it. That's not our concern. We just can be concerned about the art. So this movie wins on many levels to me, uh, even just from what we see, but what it could mean for other artists and sticking to your guns. And you know, they let Prince, I mean, they let Zach go ham on it. Like, you know, there's a lot of slow-mo and there's all this and, and you know, the aspect ratio. Yeah, this, the aspect ratio is basically him saying, I'm going to put the shit in black and white. Which he literally wants to put it in black and white too, right? Like <laughs> they haven't put that version out, but that just goes to show, like, just as a, he's just enough an artist to be like, well, nah, this is what I want to do. You you coming to watch my shit? I'm not coming to watch your movie, so you don't have to like it. But here's my here's here's what I created. There'll be some people that are gonna love it, some that are not. I say all that to say, I just had to throw that in the context. But in terms of the movie itself, I think the movie works brilliantly with what he did to me it's like a it's like the lord of the rings mixed with like the godfather or the irishman in terms of length and just like the scope of it and let it go deep into the characters and we've never seen a superhero movie like that before uh, this, this is probably the first one that's so deep into it and goes all in and, but it flows perfectly i didn't ever feel like it got slow um the first time i watched the movie i watched it in parts I watched like two hours, and then I came back and watched the other two hours the next morning. Um, I've seen the movie twice. I want to watch it again. There's so many little things I'm noticing now. The third time around, I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that part. Okay. There's so many callbacks to the other movies in this, done in very sly ways, which I think is very interesting. Um, it's just, there's a lot in here. There's a lot of, 
we're going to get into the spoiler. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that made me cry, which I get into, which I had not expected at all. Um, so I think the movie is brilliant. Uh, it's not perfect, but man, what, what an experience, you know, I think it's the first kind of blockbuster movie that you can watch at home. Of course they had wonder woman 84, but, uh, I think it was the circumstance was a little different, but cause that was going to be in the theaters. This was not going to be in the theaters at this length. And I just think it's the first time we got to see something that was so big budget and well done. And we got to watch it at home and we got the pleasure to watch it over and over. If you want to, like you could come back and rewind it. You didn't get to rewind movies before you get to rewind this. Shit. I, I was rewinding shit back like, Oh shit. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, I love the movie. Um, so at this point, I want to get into spoiler conversations. Uh, so if you haven't watched the movie at this point, I, I would recommend you don't listen to this part. I don't think you should be spoiled by it. You should just enjoy it for yourself first. But with that said, one of the first things I wanted to talk about, and Aunt Pooh mentioned it, was I'm sorry, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You said you don't want to spoil it. I'm like, is it really spoiled? The story is somewhat still the same. Well, there's things that happened in the story, particularly Cyborg, that was not in the other movie. So we would be spoiling that uh, by talking about that part. And there's other parts that were not in. The, again, remember, they only use like, what, 10% of the scenes in the first movie versus in here. There's a lot of scenes that are not in that first one. So uh, starting off, I want to start with the Cyborg. Uh, we get to see Cyborg story here. And for me, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't even like that character. In the first movie, I just was like, eh, whatever. I was blown away by this. Uh, the whole father-son dynamic, for me, that gets me every time in a movie. But when I was watching it here, I was like, what is this? I was like, they made, I was like, if I was trying to understand, why would you cut this out? Like, this is the whole sort of heart of the movie. And uh, there was just parts that I broke down, like um, the part where... Uh, they had the football game and then he notices his dad isn't there in the chair. I was like, ah, I was like, okay. But then the next scene, he's in the car with his mom and he's sort of talking about, you know, his dad not being there. And there's just a quick thing where Cyborg, he turns his head to look to the other window and he starts crying. And I was like, damn, this dude, he must be in college or something. He's an older, you know, he's not a kid. But it just spoke to me and like, man, the the power of of a father and a son's life. I just was I, I threw me right there. I was like, ah, fuck, man. And he turned back to his mom and his mom was she was a real one. Like she was, he, you know, he's he loves you and he's, you know, he's caring for you. And then, of course, the accident happens. But that that's that scene made me tear up, man. I was like, damn, man, this kid is hurting. And then the other part that made me cry was uh, when. um when he uh when they come to star labs and the alarm is going off and his dad is like trying to stop the alarm and the door opens or elevator or some door opens and he sees his son walk in with the rest of the justice league i felt that scene because to me that was like his dad was always trying to you know big up his son and, and you know talk him into his greatness even though his son hated him and that, to me when he saw the son walk through he was like this is how I interpreted it. He was like, man, okay, you, you, you doing your thing. You stepped into your greatness. And he was like, let me cancel what I was about to do. Do your thing, son. 
And the son just kind of walked through, looked at him, kept moving. And then Cyborg turned back and looked at him. And they just had it. I was just like, man. I just, I just I felt that, man, because, I, again, I'm a father. So I was just like, ah, to show the black father who was so strong. And he was doing, man, I, that fucked me up, man. And then the other part, the deeper part about this movie, and, and you can see it in the, all the other movies before it, it's all about the relationships between the father and the son. You know, that was a theme that Zach had in these movies. The first movie, Man of Steel, was all about the, the father's sacrifices, you know, to send his son to a better place. He sent Kalel to Earth, right? And we saw that whole setup. And then even in the same movie, they show another, he, they give him another father figure and he sacrifices himself again to get his son into a better position. So I was like, okay. And even the, the next movie, of course, Batman is just dealing with the loss of his parents. He's still like obsessed about it, hurt, blah, 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 blah. And we see it again in this one on, on multiple fronts, right? We see Cyborg again. The father sacrifices himself for, for the betterment for his son can rise up. And we see even Superman coming back again. And what do they play that gets him to, to remember and be who he is? They play both of his fathers speaking over him to like, yo, son, be the, you the man, you know, go out there, man. You, you're great. And in the same way with Flash's dad, right? Again, his dad was sacrificed and said, yo, stop coming here. Go live your life, son. You, I'm holding you back. I, I was a, he, he, kept that, he keeps that theme throughout the whole thing. And even on some sense, he might could say it's the parent thing because even for Diana, if you pick up on it, she seems to be like a longing, like she got a contact from her mother, you know, so she's got that arrow. And that was the, you know, she's, that's her mom speaking to her. Like, and you can tell, like, it almost like she wants to go back there or something. I don't know if she doesn't remember how to get there or something like that. If that was spoken in another movie. But it's it's just the same sort of theme that he has about these the parents and pumping them up, the kids up, and sacrificing for the kids. That type of shit blows me away. Um, and Pooh, did you have any thoughts on the cyborg story? Yeah, I just overall, and I, I mentioned it earlier. Um, Just Just Whedon is a cold piece of work, and I'm glad he's getting exposed. Um, the story. It, it was just kind of like, how do you come to the editing bay? I, that's the best I'll go with. I'm sure someone with more for better bona fides will can break that down as to exactly what that is and see what um, Zack Snyder put together with the story for Cyborg and say, yeah, let's just cut that all out. We're just going to have him essentially in the background and be essentially a MacGuffin to go from one screen, one, uh, one scene to the next and uh, advance certain plot points, but actually not, you know, give him any character development. It, it, it's, it's just, it, it was just baffling. And again, um, now I did not cry, but I definitely felt something for those character, um, Victor and his uh, dad. I'm sorry, his name is escaping me. I'll just call him Scandals uh, Pops. Um, they did it. <laughs> Silas. How about Doctor Stone? How about that? Okay, yeah, oh, oh, brother from too. another planet. That's what I always call him. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> but that dude is an unsung. Let me just real quick ones. Let's give that. I think his name is Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Yeah, Joe, Joe Morton. Give, let's right. give Joe Morton his props. He's been in the game. He's been in the most iconic sci-fi type movies forever, and he always 
shows up, man, and does his thing. Like, I don't know if too many movies that, aside from Brother from Another Planet, that he starred in, but he always plays a very solid, great representation of black men in his movies. I always, and he always playing the dad. Like, of course, Terminator, Terminator 2, he was doing his thing. And man, that guy's always, he's always on point, man. So salute to him, man. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you was going to go on, Ampu. But um, you, um, imagine Ray Fisher. So, you know, going into this movie, before it came out, there was this whole thing going on with Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers. And, you know, he was saying that there was, he was saying like there was uh, racism or allegations. some type of bullying. Bullying going on. There was something going on between him, Josh Whedon, excuse me, Jeff Johns, and and you know we did a show about it and I was just I was saying before I was like man you know gotta play your role right now you don't have a lot of pool in the game you're going after these big dudes you gotta have receipts and now we have seen that whatever the investigation Warner Brothers had there was some foolishness going on with Josh Whedon's where he's pretty much blackballed from the game right he got pulled off of stuff but then Ray is like they didn't really do it enough or something. I'm not working with Warner Brothers no more. There's still there's still other people that should be held accountable to this. And you've seen other people come out now against Josh Whedon in, in terms of like some sexist type stuff. Even Gail Gadot said she was threatened on the set by him. He would ruin her career. What? Yeah, go look it, go look it up. Man, Josh, I will come and see yeah. you. All right. Well, to be to be fair, even though I, I hate to do, but we got to be factual. People are reporting that's what happened. Gal Gadot has not stated that, okay. but I believe right. it. But I believe it. Okay. Nonetheless, there's been a a lot of people coming out on dude. Nonetheless, the game blackballed him out, so they cut ties with them. But I, my point was to say, imagine you being Ray Fisher, and you just shot this movie that we just saw. Right, the movie's already been shot. The director leaves. And then they bring in Josh Whedon. And then he's like, and, and Ray has said this, you know, Josh didn't want to talk to him. He didn't want to let him read the script until he talked to him first, right? So you go to meet him, and then you see what the hell they're about to do. They, We're going to reshoot this movie. And then you're like looking and like, yo, I'm not even hardly in this movie no more. What the fuck, man? And he's like, and you're like, oh, can I ask you some questions about this? And and Whedon's like, I don't, I don't take questions or comments from the actors. You do what I say. Mm. And you're like, huh? Like, bro, I was, I can only imagine. Like he was like, well, damn, I was like, this was gonna be my moment. You know what I mean? Now I'm not even in this shit. Now I, I've signed the contract, so I have to be in it. I can't really, you know. But this is some bullshit. So I can only imagine. Like that's that was a fuck. And then you see the movie come out. And you see he's, you know, being an asshole on set. I, I can only imagine, like, that's some shit. Like, God damn. And now we see the movie, how it was originally shot. And you're like, this dude was, you almost can't really have the story without him. Like, it's just, it's just weird to me. Like, God, that's, that had to be something to go through. Another thing that was interesting, too, uh, I saw on Twitter, there was the scene where Cyborg gives the that single mother, all that money, you know, that whole scene where he gave her the money. That's and the stuff. part that I cried on. I'm yes. Not yeah. That <laughs> was heavy. That actress went on Twitter and was like, cause she remembers that she shot all this years ago and, and she knows she wasn't in the release version. She asked like, am I in this movie? Did they, sh and they were like, yes, not only are you in this, but yes, you was this, you know, 
So it's just stuff like that. It makes you question again, like Josh Whedon, like why would you cut that goes into his character? And to me, like Cyborg, I, I love this character now because I'm like, when his dad was talking about him and laying it out, it was like, son, you can do all these great things and you have all this power. But he was like, but the real challenge or whatever he said for you is not that you can do all this shit, is that you don't do it. I was like, damn, that's kind of deep. Like, he's probably could destroy the world if he wanted to. But if he, it's him not doing it. And he has all this power, but he chooses not to use it. And then when he does, you does it, he does it for good. And even just for the, just the littleness of just this one person he saw as he was looking at all this bank stuff. And he saw that one bank account that hardly had any money. And then he took the time to, to watch her and to see she was a good person. I'm going to give her. Some. So it was interesting to me, like the cyborg is actually a super good kid. Like he's all this power, but it's because he's got good morals and he got good father, family bringing up. He can be trusted to be what he is. Like I just thought that was incredible to me. Like that's that's what again that's a part of this movie when you can take the time to show that you don't normally get to see a character's arc like that in a movie where it's multiple characters going on. You know, he's not the star per se, but I just thought that was great, man. Um, just little shit like that. Um, any other things we're going to go through a lot, but I don't open it up. Big sexy and things you want to call out that you liked well, or didn't like. Well, well, keeping on cyborg, uh, again, I have to co-sign a lot what you said. Uh, you know, young Mr. Fisher comes out and talks about this beef with Whedon and Jeff Johns. I don't know Whedon. I know Jeff Johns. So I, I'm kind of surprised at that. But it seems like it's more Whedon than anything else. And Whedon is an asshole. And I like what he did, you know, what Zach did with that character really made him integral, really made him fleshed out, you know, to the point where, you know, the people in charge need to say, you know what, whatever this beef was, Whedon is gone, let's move forward with this kid. He was that good. Um, the one thing, and Mike and I talked about this, and I'm being super, super nitpicky, the scene where they introduced the Flash, he comes into the little pet store. He walks by the pretty girl. How you doing, baby? You know, mm -hmm. he starts giving her the look. And all of a sudden, then you have her car. She drives off, turns left, and the truck driver, who's not paying attention, stops, you know, short. She hits his truck and goes 10 feet in the air. No. Actually, that car go, wasn't go, go rewatch re that scene. You will see that her car was actually going pretty fast. It wasn't going that fast. On the city street, no way. You're nitpicking, no but go ahead. <laughs> of course I'm nitpicking. That's what I do. <laughs> you know, so for her car to be elevated to that extent, come on now. That's bullshit. But if that's my biggest beef with the movie, which it is, it's really not it's really a non issue. Because everything else they did, they let it all just develop at its own pace. You know, they did everything good. I, I didn't like the Flash. I'm getting back to the Flash. I don't like how they portrayed him. You know, if they're going to make him that goofy, then make him Wally West. That is not Barry Allen. But again, <clears throat> that's me being nitpicky. But overall, uh, I like that they had the Ben Affleck Batman, and uh, that Batman is for all of our uh, non-comic book aficionados. 
is based on the Dark Knight Returns, thus the gray and him being a little more bulky. Uh, Superman, the black suit, comes straight from the Death of Superman storyline, which as a comic dork, I freaked out on. Also, Easter Egg, the gentleman in the Star Labs, I believe his name is Dr. Choi. Yeah, that's going to be Blue Beetle. Yeah. Okay, he's going to be Blue Beetle because that's Ryan Choi, the the current Blue Beetle. At the end, I didn't care for, and I still don't care for, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Joker, but they made him a little better now. You mean uh, Jared Leto? Jared Leto. That's right. No, no, I mean Jesse Eisenberg. Well, Jesse Eisenberg played Lex Luthor, not Joker. That's what I said. I meant Jared Leto. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> his, his, his um, Joker, I see it now a little more with what they want to do. Luthor was good, but my guy, Deathstroke. Yeah, what it is. And, at the, and he's all, look, man, get this handled. And he's like, oh, really? You're going to tell me uh, Batman's identity? Well, let me hit the champagne then. Like, yeah. They have set up the DC Universe for several films going forward. They need to write Zach a check and just let him fill in the number. Because now this film makes DC a player. Now, aside from the couple of Batman films, their whole catalog to me is middle of the road to whack at best. This one, it is not up there with Endgame and Black Panther and Civil War, but it's it's a player now. DC can do their own thing. They've set it up now. They've set the table, and now they've just got to go forward and go ahead and do the damn thing. All right. I want Real quick, and I want to go to Violet, but I want to go back to the Flash thing. You mentioned. I, I, that was the other scene that I actually kind of teared up on as well. Call me corny. I've Girl. seen <laughs> I've seen that. I've actually that that's a lot of the footage in this movie, you know, has leaked throughout the years. Almost kind of, to me, I again, that's like a Prince thing to me. There's a lot of leaked songs and stuff. There was a lot of these scenes that had sort of leaked through, with fans over the years. So I had seen bits and pieces of that scene before, but to just see it all play out and then when the music kicks in, I, I just I don't know. It was I just thought it was just beautiful because I just saw it as like you know he saw this girl, she saw him, and they just had an instant like attraction type thing. And then he's just like being who he is. And then him just doing all of that and just going so fast. And you could see like he really was like, like kind of caressing her face and like moving. I was like, this dude is like in love with this chick, but only he can do this. Like it's this is his moment to just admire her beauty in the midst of freaking madness. I just thought it was just done brilliantly. Like I didn't really care for the Flash character in the first version, but I thought he was perfect here. I, I thought that scene was lovely. It was almost like a like a music video or some kind of Hallmark card or something. Like the movie just pauses for a moment and you just slow motion and stuff. It's like, ah, oh, this shit is beautiful, Zach. I was like, he's being indulgent and super long with it, but why not? Like, there's no rules. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. So I was just like, I just thought that was a beautiful scene, man. Blew me away. Violet, what were some of the things that you liked, didn't like, or call out stuff? Going back to Cyborg, um, I just have to say this, noticing what was taken out and what was put in. So we did not have the Russian family, 
But mm. we did have Ryan Choi, the, the Adam. We had Martian Manhunter. But, and I actually, I did notice um, the general is on Batman versus Superman. So it, mm. it was good for me to go back because I, I call him Dresser. I know he has a real name, but to me, he's <laughs> Dresser from the Five Heartbeats. I was excited to see him. And then as far as the stuff that you guys were talking about with Cyborg, I don't know. I just feel like there's some some real deep stuff there because his character was actually a different person. In the first one, he's basically like a he's like a um, a surly teen. You know, he's mm-hmm. just got a bad attitude, but for no real reason. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the problems that I always have when they put black characters in a film, but they don't act like black people is having someone write it that doesn't know how we act. And what I noticed with this version of it, for instance, you were talking about the scene at the lab when he's um, breaking in and he sees his dad. They didn't say anything. They did the head nod. And Mm -hmm. we all know what that head nod Mm -hmm. means. That was something that I liked. I also liked that they brought the mom in and that she held him down at the school like they were trying to get on Mm -hmm. him. And she was, don't don't come for my baby. I I love that. That that part of it um, with him, it just it was. He was also more knowledgeable. I mean, he is made out of the mother box. Why would he not know anything? And the way they had him in the first one, it was just like, okay, well, I'm going to figure this out as I go. Whereas with this one, it was, he was a dude in charge. Like, okay, the scene where he meets up with um, Wonder Woman for the first time, he rolls in and he's in his, I mean, he's all metal and he knows who he is and he's talking to her when she says talks to him about saving the world what he said to her i love that part i'm not gonna repeat it because i don't do that you know real quick just to to add real quick you know what they showed they showed he was a genius already exactly he was a kid because he was hacking into the systems and stuff exactly he was a different he was a different person that's what i'm saying is he he was somebody that you could look up to and say all right then it was he was a different character because he actually got on my nerves in the first one just the way that they had him play because there was no explanation for, okay, so your dad tried to save your life and it didn't go well. And this is how you treat, that's basically the way that it came across. But with this one, there's that backstory where he kind of wasn't there for him and his mom always had to do things. And then, you know, this thing happens to him and yeah, he's not that happy about the way it turned out, but there's still more of a reason for him to feel so negatively towards his father, because where I come from, we, and I mean, people of color, we generally don't, like with our parents, just decide we don't like them. Like that's not, we're not allowed to do that. <laughs> There's usually some basis. And even if we don't like them, we're not in their face with, well, you get on my nerves kind of thing. And that's kind of how he was on the first one. This was just more nuanced. And it, he was most of the movie. I'm, I'm just like, what's up, Jaws? Like, what you trying to do? Because <laughs> it, it didn't make sense without him, but he basically was the movie. Like he made the movie. It made it make sense. But he just he just brought a whole other thing to it. He was a different character. He was a different character. And I I actually greatly appreciated that. I think that's I mean, Joe Morton is Joe Morton. It is what it is. I think that's all I I just noticed that all of the minorities are the ones that got like all of them there because there's the there's the Ray Palmer version of the Adam. They had the Ryan Choi version of him, but that's not usually discussed. And then they had um the general being that particular version of Martian Manhunter, all of that stuff. I just thought, I thought all of that stuff was good. Are we talking about other stuff or just the minority stuff? Anything, anything. Because really? okay, the only other thing now. I was going to say that was really big to me is why in the world everybody knows Superman dies and comes back. Everybody knows that he needs his regenerative suit in order to come, you know, after he gets resurrected. Why would you cut that out? It looks cool and all that, but I'm just saying, 
you know he's coming back from the dead. Of course he's going to. I just I don't I guess I'm saying the things that that do cut out don't make sense to me. Like if you I get you want to kind of change the tone, that's fine. But just straight cutting out things that keep the whole thing true to form. I just I don't get that, especially if you understand art, you understand the people that appreciate the art, you know, that's the stuff that they're going to be looking for. I just I don't understand cutting that kind of stuff out. I really don't. I wonder if it if a lot of it was ego or something, because there's big things that were changed and there's little things like just even little things of dialogue yeah. that just seemed totally unnecessary. And if you got to think about it, like they had to go back and get the actors back, get mm -hmm. all the costumes and the hair and makeup to match the previous footage. And it really be just like maybe a sentence at best. Like it's just a different way to say, and I was like, what, why change? There's a lot of stuff, even like simple stuff in when Bruce Wayne first goes to Barry's place to meet him. You can see the differences like they just have them say things slightly different in the theatrical cut versus this, which I don't. I was like, why? Why even go through the problem of changing that? It doesn't change the story. And it's like, why, why do all that? It almost is like his, his ego is like, I don't want to use his footage or I'm going to read show this part differently. Even the um, another great example, the Wonder Woman intro, like her fight scene at that museum or whatever it was. They edit the hell out of that in the release yeah. version. I don't understand why. Like, you cut out the dope parts. Like, I don't understand. Like, if somebody had an ill-ass action scene, and I can, and they say, okay, you got to make the movie two hours. Okay, why would you cut the dope parts of the action scene that would be rebel rousing and, like, would just make it even, even hit harder? I just didn't understand. Like, and the way they cut it. Like, now you see she was a complete badass. <laughs> and and she was like and it illustrate like she can move fast too and she only has like 13 seconds to do this shit and they, I was just like god this is Wonder Woman right here I almost was like I could see why some people are saying they want Zach to do Wonder Woman because the way he shows Wonder Woman she is a beast like she's killing off she's killing people uh got the kids right there smashing dudes exactly. here she blows that I, I assume that dude's body got like blown the bits when she did it was it. <laughs> i was like what <laughs> and then she turns around and is like are you guys okay <laughs> you can be anything you want to be i was like wonder woman is cold like god damn but that was one i mean it was great it was just like, i think that's the main thing with it is that he allowed each one of the characters to really show what they can do because again you have hardcore fans and it's just like everything else. I like using the Prince analogy because there are people that this is their life. They look at this all the time. They know all the details. And so they expect certain things. But then there are people that could become new you know, fans and there are people that could begin to invest their money in it. And if you do it right, you will draw, draw those people in. And the way this was done, it gives people a reason to want to see those other characters in case they want to do, you know, their next film. They're going to be much more interested because they could see, oh, this is the Justice League. So they're like a whole team of they all are metahumans. They all have actual skills that do something. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a Superman person. But what I liked about this one is that he wasn't the only one that actually could do anything because the way that they usually do it is kind of like since he has the abilities, he's usually the one that saves the day and although he did his part everybody got to do something even all goofy this um you know um berry version of, of flash he still ultimately what they did with him they because one of the things that confused me i got scared when they were um reanimating superman 
and the mother boxes fall into the water. And I was right. like, but I remember that the, it was supposed, you were supposed to touch it as soon, right. but it's already in there. And I started getting nervous, like what's happening? Right. <laughs> and then he, it, the way that he did it, it ended up reversing time. I thought that was really cool. That they showed tight. us some things that weren't in the other that would make new people even more interested. Yeah. They, he, he touched into this, 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 was it the speed force? Just even toward the, the last exactly. battle, like they, exactly. they failed, yeah. but he rewinded that shit back. That was amazing. I was like, that, oh, yeah, wow. exactly. Yeah, he, he didn't even, he wasn't even running all goofy like they had him in the other one. Like, I don't understand why he was running. If you go back and look at that. Uh, right, yeah, he was still running a little goofy. Not, not like, <laughs> if, there's the last scene where he's running at the end and he's Building doing a super goofy but it's not like that on this one he's not running super goofy his arms aren't all up wild uh, i was kind of mad when he fell i'm not gonna lie i'm talking about oh, on this right, right. i was a little bit mad at him i mean i didn't realize he was actually shot he said i got that wind knocked out i'm thinking i mean okay so breathe and, and go but I, I didn't realize he was actually shot yeah um what, um, Batman. I don't talk about Batman. I, I'm a huge. Like I, said, I love Batman v Superman. Batman was a was he was deranged in that movie, and I loved every minute of it. But I thought it was very interesting. We at least got to understand sort of Batman changes in this movie, and he's kind of guilty about the Superman thing. And his character now is like, and I thought it was interesting because you saw a lot. You got to see a lot more of him and Alfred kind of going back and forth in this one too. And he was like on some other shit was like, yeah, I'm not just going to be out on the streets breaking niggas neck and, you know, killing people. He's like trying to be, you know, the, the link, linking people up. And he kept going, yo, we got to have faith, man. Like, I got something to believe in. I got to do something right. And I, I just thought that was a cool way to sort of change his character from the first one or the second one to this and how he and why he would change. Another thing that I thought was very interesting um. The whole part where they bring uh, Superman back and they have that battle at the Monument Park, you know, in the, the released one, Superman comes to him, grabs him by his face and is like, do you bleed? You know, they have that horrible CGI mouth on Superman. Wait, let me, first, Josh Whedon, even if he didn't change anything else, the fact that he was okay with having that CGI mustache taken off of Superman and have him in the movie and start the movie like that is so disrespectful. Why did he do that? I, I don't understand. Just that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like, yeah, just why? It's just disrespectful. It looks stupid. It's just disrespectful. But in this one, at the end, Superman sees Batman, and he's starting to make his way toward him. And now in the original one, Batman had like a backup plan, which is a Batman thing to do. And he had the backup plan that the secret weapon was Lois and was going to bring her to, to calm Superman down. But in this one, it doesn't play out that way. Like he's coming to Batman and he starts trying to burn Batman down with a heat vision and shit. I was like, Oh shit, what's about to happen. And I love that super not Superman, but Lois comes there because they set up in the movie, why she would be there. She was going to that park every day. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Paying homage, yeah. going there. She had quit working and all that. So that's why she was coming. And she was coming there to give that up. And to finally move forward because Martian Manhunter put her on that path. And so that's why she was in the vicinity and she looked up and saw Clark up in the air, which is a dope shot. And that's why she came. And it's very interesting. It's actually, it's a callback to Batman v Superman because in Batman v Superman, when, Super, when Batman was deranged and trying to kill Superman, who saved 
Superman at that point, it was Lois. She came in like, no, that was his mother, you know, Martha. And she does the same thing here and saves Batman this time. They reversed it. I thought that was a cool little callback to, to do that. Like, yeah, she's I didn't always pick up on saving it. them like that. <laughs> so she's Captain Save Out. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> Hey, wow. she, well, it, 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 it goes to show like they show you also in this movie that she is the key. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. I don't know if you picked up on that either. When she was at home, they had that pregnancy test in her drawer. Oh, we saw it. So I was like, oh, so they're trying to say she might be pregnant. Like, I don't know. A lot of this would be set up for the other movies and stuff. But I was like, OK, wow. Very interesting. Uh, there's a lot going on in the movie. Like I said, there's a lot of little things they put in there. You remember that part where we saw the nightmare scene? I think it was from uh, Cyborg's point of view or his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they showed Superman on the ground, looked like he was holding Lois's body. Charred remains. Charred remains. Charred remains. Yeah. <laughs> and you saw, you know, Dark Side put his hand on him. Like, okay. And then see how that played out. Man, I don't know. There's just a lot of cool shit in the movie. Now, since you mentioned Dark Side, I, I would be remiss if I did not give Joss Whedon a little bit of credit. And in this, and what I'm going to give him credit for is that he did a better job of the initial apocalypse ev- invasion. In his huh? film, he he did. Nah, yes, I got, I in my opinion, he did. Go ahead, go ahead. In his film, he had Steppenwolf coming to Earth and being defeated by Earth's heroes. And I thought that made much better sense than having Dark Side. Dark I'm just gonna repeat this. Dark Side. Motherfucking Dark Side not only coming to Earth but getting defeated, in my opinion, in a weak manner. And then somehow forgetting, hey, where was that planet at that had the anti-life equation? That to me I'm sorry, Zach, that to me, Joss did it better because I just, one, I just cannot believe Darkseid would be, would have been defeated that easily. And I'm saying that easily because I'm just going based on what they showed us in the film. It was a, they showed a short battle. He took one in the shoulder and then they were like, okay, let's go, let's go. Whereas in Joss Whedon's uh, film, um, the parademons dragged Steppenwolf away like, yeah, you can't win this. So I like that. I like what um, Josh's edit better. I can't believe I'm giving him credit for that. But for me, I just and Mark, you got to back me up. Dark Side would not have went down to that crew. But the thing is, and first of all, you know, I have to uh, take my L. It was the Adam. Thank you, Violet, for hitting me with that. Because I, I blew it. I kept saying Blue Beetle. Um, but in this version, Dark Side unleashed. The Omega Beams. There it is. That was what I needed to see. He wins. You know, Zach wins. I, I would say Tilt might Omega have been Beams. a young Dark Side too when he was fighting those guys. Exactly. That's what I was thinking is that was a younger version of him. Yeah. That Exactly. I guess. I'm just saying. <laughs> the character I didn't see wouldn't have went down to that. But if you say it was a younger, then maybe. But I don't know. That, that, that It didn't sit right with me. That's the only thing that I, um, I will give Joss uh, a kudos for over uh, Zach. 
Yeah, I have to disagree. How did you stand to look at that other version of Steppenwolf? That's my whole. Oh I'm yeah, it was me. trash compared to this. And this For one real, was <laughs> about to say Steppenwolf losing and then spending the most of the remainder of his life trying to redeem himself to Darkseid, in my opinion, is a better story than Darkseid failing to conquer Earth and then forgetting. Hey, where was that planet at that had the anti-life equation? Did, did they say That's that? His, did he say that? Did they say they had the anti-life equation on Earth during yes, that battle? Yes. Uh, not. Yeah, they said, um, what is his name? Steppenwolf South contacted the side and said, this earth has the anti-life equation, the planet he's been looking for. I know, but I yeah, said but during the accurate. battle, when you mentioned, did they right. know that they had the anti-life equation here? Because you said they, that's what they were fighting. I don't, I don't remember them saying that. Steppenwolf did say that, that he was looking for the planet that had the anti-life equation I, that he had. He, right. He but, mentioned yeah, that he was looking for that planet again. And he and he's like, this Earth is that planet that you've been that they defeated you long that um, long time ago. And I'm just like, wait a minute. So he knew that was the planet that had the anti life equation, and he never came back. I don't think he I don't remember that that, that way. But I, yeah, I have to look again. But I I think that might have been why he was there initially. But I don't know that he knew that and then forgot. I, I don't. I'm just gonna have to look at now. You're gonna make me. Go I thought he was there initially for the mother boxes. But you're saying he was initially there for the. You talking about Steppenwolf or? No, I'm talking about the original battle with the God, you know, the heroes and everything. Yeah, the original battle. It was Darkseid who came to invade Earth, and then we later find out when uh, Steppenwolf has that vision that um, that Earth has the anti-life equation, and then he contacts the side and says, "Earth, uh, the, the planet that." Darkseid has been looking for that that uh, resisted him from conquering over is Earth, and it has the anti-life equation that he was looking for. Right. So, but I'm saying that original battle was about the mother boxes, right? No, he already had the mother boxes. His thing, from what I gather, and maybe I need to look at it again, but the way I, I the way it was presented to me was he had found the anti-life equation on Earth. This is but ten thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. And he got defeated. And then all of a sudden, um, Steppenwolf comes back. And now they realize that now this planet is called Earth. And this was the planet that Darkseid had lost to that had the anti-life equation. And that's why I was just confused. Like, wait a minute. He never came back? He just forgot where that planet was at? Well, I thought, he, I thought they established he never came back here because of Superman. And like the boxes went silent because they were scared of Superman. And it wasn't until but, he died, like at the beginning of the movie, that the bell has been rung. Now, just now they're it, active again. They're gonna come. You know what I mean? But that's. Again, but the thing I, was, is that that defeat was ten thousand plus years ago. Superman was what thirty years old. So that that was only thirty years ago that Superman had been. Right, but I'm saying that the problem. boxes were controlled by the people, the, the heroes on Earth, and he already got defeated, so he wasn't going to come back for them. And they've been silent all this time. But because even Darkseid, not Darkseid, but what's his name? Steppenwolf says, you know, yeah, there's no guard, there's no guardians here. There's, you know, there's no lanterns. There's no Kryptonians. It's, it's open. We can come and take this now. And the boxes are calling to us. But my question would be is why wouldn't they have called to him before? Before Superman even got to Earth? Like they, he, they, they said it had been 10,000 years since mm-hmm. that battle. So again, that's, well, that's just a the, nitpick. That's the, a nitpick, right? But. I say because of the other people he named, the the, the, the other heroes and the guardians. And but that's. But then the question have to be asked: the the guardians. Have, we don't know how long the guardians have been gone. Right. We know the old gods are gone. 
Um, and the Atlantic, they all split up. So I, my, my question again would be, um, these things didn't happen when Superman died. These things didn't happen when Superman got there. So there had to have been some time between Superman arriving to Earth and the, the old gods and the lanterns being gone. They, they could I'm, I'm just saying, again, it's a nitpick, but my question is, why didn't the mother box call out to him? And I'm still like, apocalypse, I mean, dark side. How have you not gone back if you knew that's where the anti-life equation was? If he knew where it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll both take a look. I'll gladly take the L, but that's how I saw that, that scene when Steppenwolf revealed to the side that was the planet that defeated you and had Earth is the planet that defeated you and had the anti-life equation. And I was just like, dark side couldn't just give it up that easily. Okay. Okay. You see, we're talking about all this deep comic book right. geekery stuff, which is great. And again, I forgot about Martian Manhunter. I, you know, the sick, you had the sequence with the you know Green Lantern in there. You know, the ring took off and went to look for somebody awesome. else. Awesome. Oh yeah, they have really set the table moving forward. Yeah. Um, shit. What was some of the other? Oh, I just uh, the Themyscira. They, they really showed that. I, I thought all the stuff on there was dope, man. That whole battle. Just even like when you first see the mother boxes and it starts to wake up and they're just all in that room. Like, I was like, damn, do they just stay? That's like one of the, you know, oh, you got guard duty today? That's their job. I was like, damn, they be in there ready. Like, after all these, you know, kind of goes back to what you were saying. And after all these years, they still on point ready for some shit to pop off. Like. And that shit, he, I love how they had the sister kind of walk up to it. I was like, oh, okay, this, I was like, I was like, when the first movie started, I was like, oh, they about, this movie about to be some shit. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for this. The only thing that I thought would might've been lacking a little bit in the movie was the Aquaman stuff. And I don't know if that was kind of holding back. I agree with that. Some additional scene and some different dialogue, though. And I was actually glad. Oh, and can I just say, of all the things that I did not need to have, I'm not mad about it, but like the Icelandic folk singing, I'm good on that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's a no for me. I just I was like, are we really doing this right now? Um, now, I, now I, to be fair. You, I, I thought the exact same thing until someone uh, someone said, but yeah, the reason why that scene was there was but they, they showed the people uh, somewhat worshiping uh, Arthur right. like a god and was singing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I get that. But I'm like, they could have cut it short. They didn't need That's that. That's all long. I'm saying. Because right. it was like, a long stroke. Like, we didn't need the whole song. version of Prince. Like, that, no. that, that's what I'm saying. So, that's, yeah, he was like, fuck it, I'm going to do a solo right here. I don't give a fuck. It sounded, never mind, I'm going to leave it alone. Well, you know what I thought it was? I thought that he was, him and her was like, doing, had a little thing together or something. Like, she was mad that he was leaving or something. Like, and she was like, took the sweater and was like, I was like, yeah, that, that, that was the main girl, but they had a little chorus going. Well, it was yeah, yeah. But I mean, she was like a head. She was, she was like, just, smelling his ass. I like, he must have put it on her. Like, apparently, but he didn't <laughs> seem to have no feeling. Never mind. I, yeah, well, I'm going in a different <laughs> Okay. He was I, I also, thought he was better. Like you know how they cut out the scene where he's sitting on the lasso of truth and saying all that oh, silly yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was just better. I guess because it's, it's um, DC and it's, it's just more. You can take it more seriously. It just seems more real. Like it just seemed like something that would actually happen. I I liked that they took out some of the stuff that they had him doing. The other scene that I really noticed is the scene where um, they're in the tunnel. And this is when they um, meet up with Steppenwolf that first time and they're, mm -hmm. they got the uh, Nightcrawler. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Steppenwolf 
opens up a hole so water comes in and then there's Aquaman. Right. And he's actually part of it because there's water. That made sense to me. I, th- I thought that he it seemed like they some of the stuff that they cut out with Cyborg also caused them to change the way that they portrayed Aquaman in a negative way. And I mean, on the first one, on this one, I thought they did a better job with making all of that cohesive. No, the one now, thing, I will say, oh, go, oh, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. I will say this for all you MCU fanboys, you got to take an L right here because DC did something better than Marvel did. When Vision got yeah. capped, somehow knowing none of the Avengers made sure to take his body or do anything with him. Superman got capped. They made sure to keep his body out of the hands of the government. So hold that up, MCU fanboys. Okay. <laughs> um, we don't back. know where Vision's body is. Right. Okay. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, when he was, the sword got his body. The Avengers was like, was just like running around with the head cut off, like, and all of a sudden Vision's body goes missing. Whereas with Superman, I'm sure the government wanted his body to experiment, but they didn't get his body. Okay. So that's a win for the DCEU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all got it. Y'all in this Marvel versus DC. Um, the one thing that I will, I give Zach, I, I give Zach one point on this, going back to that tunnel battle scene. I did like the part where Flash was like, I've never been in battle before. I don't know what to do. And Batman was like, just get one person. Just one person. One person? I, I, I kind of missed that part. That would be the only I'm, thing I thought was kind of cool. I'm glad that they cut some of that out because I just feel like this is Flash who can tap into the speed force. Yes, he's not strong, but he can do some. He can wreck shop. And he built this um, suit that was uh, for the purposes to, uh, of his powers. Like you're saying, it, it helped with the friction. It didn't burn up anything. So I'm just, my opinion was, okay, he's the Flash. He knows how to be the Flash. So he didn't need Batman to tell him how to be heroic. So I, I kind of like that. Well, yeah, but I guess the thing was, he, ne- he said, I've never done battle before. Now, he may have been stopping people from stealing shit and things, mm-hmm. but he never came okay. across no demons and Aliens, I think, is kind of, and even here, he still is. He seems very scared. Like, okay, not as much, you know, not as much. Which I thought, I thought was a was a uh, Whedon thing, but that was Zach where he, when uh, when they meet with uh, Jim Gordon on the roof, and he's doing all those weird faces and stuff. I mean, that's still in there. I just say like, he was cooning. He he had the coon looks. <laughs> well, he was scared. He was he was just to show like he wasn't. This is new to him. Like ah shit. And even when the uh, cyborg jumped, he was like ah. <laughs> Uh, but man, just the extendedness of it, even the Jim Gordon stuff, just it's just little stuff. But I thought it was great. Like it just showed like I thought he was cool. Like that lady came up to him with all of them. Here's your messages. He looked at it like he kind of had that more say, what? I was like, message. And then you just see him slightly throw them bitches in the garbage. Like fuck about these messages. I was like, Jim was a fool. And then he was up there, and then when he's meeting with those guys, he has a kind of an attitude like, okay, you know, and when Cyborg comes, like, oh, good shit. He's like, you guys are doing a lot. Like, okay, this is some, this is some crazy shit. Um, but man, it's just, it, all of it was dope, man. I, the interactions with the characters. I'm trying to think of some other cool parts. Do y'all like Jesse Eisenberg's Lex? 
I do personally, no. but I can understand why those. I, I think he's fine as the Joker. Like if he, not the Joker, the Riddler. I could actually see him as the Riddler. I yeah. just don't. I yeah. Don't dig him as Lex. It, it bothers me. Him as I Lex, was, and then the girl that they have playing Lois. I just I can't. Really, I wasn't a fan yeah. of uh, him and BVS. I thought he was he was too comedic relief. But the scene that they had here, I was like, okay, that's Lex Luthor. I could get behind. I, I like try. him. I like him both ways. I, tr- I try. No, I like I him in this. No, I agree with that. But otherwise, no. Lex is, you know, almost. And I hate to use the obvious comparison, but Lex is supposed to be projecting like the kingpin. You know, Lex has got that kind of power. He's not, you know, playing silly, goofy shit. Exactly. Well, what's the thing? I think he becomes that. That's the thing. Like a lot of these characters are not. Even Superman, for a lot of people, he was not the Superman they wanted to see. But I think he becomes that through the course of these movies. And I think Lex and that Batman v Superman, yeah, he is not the traditional Lex. He is, but he becomes that. I think he becomes that conniving, smart guy. You know, rich guy. He's more calm down. Uh, and I think that's great. I mean, I think it shows these characters sort of sometimes becoming these things. I want to go back to the Joker. Mention him. That last scene with Batman. I thought that was great. It's a little like on the, it's a little on the extra side. Like you could have cut out some of those scenes. The movie could have been over, but I thought that it spoke so much into what could be um, just the banter between him and super uh, to him and Batman. You know, Batman was like, watch what you say. Why? Watch what you say. Yeah. We're going over. Yeah, You're not being careful. Yeah, <laughs> Batman's like, I'll fucking kill you. Like, I was like, I'm like, shit. They are not. He's like, they on each other's neck. And Joker was like, I don't give a. Like, man, shut up, Nick. You ain't gonna do shit. You ain't never been shit. You know, he was on his shit talking. I Until we brought up Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, he was to change. And and I love it. He was like, what did he say? And it was a great line. He said, uh. Let's have a Bruce. Let's have a truce, Bruce. And he gave him that card. I think yeah. that's a hell of a callback. Because if they ever do another movie, in, in that moment, I can already see Zach. He'll have that movie. Like he'll have that part slow mo when Batman rips that motherfucking card up, and that's Joker's ass. Like, okay, mom, you didn't say the wrong thing. And I did right. Jared Leto's Joker. I really do. I like. I like the version that he was in Suicide Squad. My only Thank you. complaint. My only complaint. Really? I like that version. I do. I dig it. I'm sorry, but I do. My only complaint about Jared Leto. I like both of these versions. It's just the laugh. And my thing is, <laughs> that's like kind of key to Joker. So for me, it's just wow, sir. But everything else is great. It's just his la- his laugh bothers me, and it's maybe it's just me, but I just I can't. That's the only complaint I have. I think the rest of I like his interpretation. It's it's just the laugh for me, and I think he's going to keep that. So I'm a, a little sad about that. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to change gears, but I was able to um, go to ScreenRant.com and they have somewhat of a timeline um, explaining Dark Side. So yes, I'll I'll hold the L. It was a younger Dark Side. He was U U U X S. Mark, help me out. U X A S. 
<laughs> and you're the comic book expert. <laughs> so yeah, they said that uh, this wasn't Dark Side. He was you access before he 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 got into that. But they do confirm that he did find the anti life equation on Earth. But he he was a he was beat, and apparently he went into bitch mode. And it's like I I uh, I don't want all the smoke anymore. <laughs> and they do say that what uh, what they were setting up, or at least. I I needed help with this. That apparently, when he comes back, he wins and he f- uses the anti life equation to not only kill Lois, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, but uh, gets turns Superman to his side. That's what they were. Uh, that's what all of that was supposed to be saying. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, those nightmare scenes definitely sort of foretell where the story is going to go. I, again, I just think it's all brilliant callbacks because if you go back to Batman v Superman, the very first time they show that scene, you don't know what the hell is going on. You're like, I what the don't. hell is this? And <laughs> what is this, some future world? And But if you go back and look at it now, you can see he still has that card that Joker gave him, right? Uh, now you understand where that card, what the significance of it is. Um, then you see when he comes out of that nightmare thing, uh, the Flash was like, am I too late? And he's got the same outfit he has on at the end here uh, with the nightmare scene with Joker. So I was wondering if if the end scene that we saw, were they on their way to go to, I don't know if it's the cosmic treadmill or whatever, are they on the way to that to send Flash back to warn Bruce? Yeah, then, see, that was... Then Superman comes. So I wonder if who didn't survive that or did they all survive? I don't know, but... It looks like they're telling the story sort of out of sequence, but he's sort of piecing a little, giving you little hints of what is going on. I kind of gather that. Uh, I think this was in one of these the released uh, storyboards from Zack Snyder that, yeah, Darkseid does kill uh, Lois with his beams or something, but Superman blames Batman for that. And... And then probably think, because he used the anti-life equation. And then I think Batman and them all get killed or something, but the whole but then the nightmare, they just keep sending the flash back, trying to warn them early enough that they can do something different so that the outcome doesn't come out that way or something. Yeah, that's that was I was uh hoping that I was uh well, I was gonna say hoping, I was anticipating that they were gonna send Flash back to give that message. So when I didn't see it, I was kinda like, okay, so where does that happen? Well, maybe it happens in the next movie or something where we actually you, see that part. But I wonder do we ever get that movie. Well, that's the whole thing now, right? They won't put the pressure to do that. I would think I would think at this point Warners would be a fool not to do something like it seemed like easy fucking money. Like, and the thing is, is that they've empowered these people on the internet. That hey, we make enough noise, we want to listen to us. Because uh, I think I, I I put in the chat yesterday that uh, restore the Snyder universe was trending yesterday. Oh, was yeah, it restore? Yeah. I think it was restore. Restore the Snyder cut. Yeah, yeah. no, the, no, restore the, the Snyder verse. Snyder verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're gonna go hard. I think there's a planned day where they're really gonna push it. Uh, I think they put the date out. But yeah, that's, of course, they're going to they're gonna push hard for that. But I, I would think that, again, you remember when Wonder, Wonder Woman 84 came out, remember they announced the sequel like the very next day of the release or some shit like that? Like, yeah, we're doing Wonder Woman 3. So if they can announce some shit like that, and then most people didn't really care for that movie that strongly, they got something that's super hot in their hands, 
and most people like it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they already, the deal is already signed. They're just holding it back and letting it all play out. But it'd be a no-brainer. No like, what? This is the biggest thing HBO Max has. Like, they all over the place. Everybody's talking about it. Why wouldn't you make it? I guess they can make whatever. If they wanted to do a cyborg thing or they wanted to do uh, go ahead and just write the check to Ben Affleck, Jared Leto, Zach, let them do that or whatever. I guess it's going to be a no-brainer to me. See, going back to, you know, Knucklehead Whedon, his cut and his comments shows that he really wasn't about these characters. He was more about his ego, whereas Zach, you know, going back to his 300 and Watchmen, he embraces the characters. He acknowledges the past. He acknowledges what, you know, made these characters who they are. And you can see that. Now, if they maintain that premise moving forward with all of the infinite possibilities they have to go from, DC could really make some noise. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the beauty of it is, and we just had, uh, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier just came out. All of these things can work <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let Marvel be what Marvel is, and they do it perfectly. They, they, they kill that. Let that be their thing. Let DC do what they do. Like, they don't, neither one of these properties needs to conform to the other's style choices. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I wouldn't want to see that anyway. I don't want to see the same thing for all these types of superhero movies. They should all have their own little thing. And I think this is perfect. Like the same way, let Michael Jackson be bad and let Prince do what he do. I don't want to see Prince follow Michael. I don't want to see Michael follow Prince. That would be stupid. Like this was the whole point of it, right? They should not be the same. So I, all of this, you know, these, he doesn't, yeah, these Marvel does Marvel better. Absolutely. They better. <laughs> Isn't that their thing? And let DC do what DC does. Like, they, they can all be great. And some of it you might not like, some you do like. It, it, that's just the whole point of art. Like, you know. And hopefully, like I said, with streaming, it opens the creative up a little bit more. To, you know, forget the rules that we used to have. We can tell these stories in a different way, man. Be more creative. They're, some of the boundaries are gone. Time doesn't matter. You know, you can go deep if you want to. They can pause it. They'll be all right. They'll keep up with it. You know, the, the audience isn't stupid. <laughs> they can go back and rewatch it. They're not, they're not going to be kicked out and another group of people are going to come in and they got to spend another $10 to watch it. No, they can just rewind it. So, to me. Excuse like, me, I had a question. Go ahead. I, I can't see the chat and I'm not going to lie. I'm very curious to know what you thought about the film. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, you can do well, I'll send you a link. You can join our Discord chat. You, you can, you know, I'm going to really forewarn you. you. He, always, he always be on some other stuff. I, I just would like to know, you know, for my own edification, what the problems with the film were. See, I, I'm keeping up. I muted it, but I can see. I think he started something about his qualifications and filmmaking or something. <laughs> yes. He, he yes. just started going. Lord. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, the guy is Mikey from the Life Commercial Series, Life Serial Commercial. He hates everything. Wow! And Except he has the most interesting reasons for why. That's why I asked. I'm just like, I, it's just entertaining to me, so I want to know. <laughs> we'll send you a link to that. Um, any other things on Zack Snyder's Justice League? 
before we wrap up on this and make sure I got everything I want to say. You know, granted, it's long, but it's definitely worth a second watch, too, because it's that good. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that movie. You can see there's a lot going on. Yes. Yeah, and um, the Martian actually Martian Manhunter because apparently because um, I had it on while I was you know doing some work yesterday, I did I totally missed spoilers that Martian Manhunter um, shapeshifted to be uh, Ma Kent. Yeah, so that one was just like whoa wait what? So I had to go back and watch that, and then I was kind of. I'm kind of confusing. I'm like Zack Snyder. I want to give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe this was a uh, a reshoot that he did when they gave him the Snyder, uh, the Snyder cut money. So that end scene where Martian Manhunter comes and tells Bruce, "Hey, I'm here for you. Let's let's. I'm here. I'm on your team." And I'm thinking to myself, like, nigga, they just took on step. What? Why the fuck weren't you there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell in. was that? I'm yeah. here for you now. <laughs> If I was Bruce, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. Well, maybe maybe when Manhunter got to Earth, he's trying to play like the Watcher and just stay out of it. You know, let well, things go yeah. as they're naturally going to go. Well, again, if you go back and watch the previous two movies, he was active through the whole thing just in a different, you know, he was in the military. He, he played that role, right? He he was in Batman, he was in uh, Man of Steel uh, in that. And then in Batman v Superman, He's still behind the scenes. He had a lot more interaction with Lois, right? They were investigating those bullets and, and all that situation. And then he was trying to tell the president not to send that nuclear bomb because it would it could possibly kill Superman. So he was always he, in a position, like he got himself in a position of military authority, which I thought maybe he thought that's how he would help. But then I think he sees in this one where I have to really get boots on the ground like this shit's about to get real crazy i understand what's happening now but but i like like you said he was always active with lois and even he realized i got to get lois together because she's important let me go in there and holler at her yeah i'm sorry I, you know. yeah his arc was great again if you watch the other two movies he's always been a he's always been there he's just in the background <clears throat> Nah, I'm thinking you, you're supposedly as strong as Wonder Woman and maybe you can go toe-to-toe with uh, Superman, but lose. He's stronger than Superman. Let, really? Yeah, he really. can kill Superman. He can take okay. Superman. I, I, well, I, the thing I, is, too, I, I can see it to you guys. the okay. battles that go on in this movie, for the most part, are hidden from the most... Most people don't know what the hell is going on. Like the battle at that nuclear plant area, that, you know, that wasn't seen by the world. So they don't really know all this is happening. And I think only Martian Manhunter realizes what's going on because, again, he's in a high military position and he saw what happened with Doomsday. And now he sees that Lois is afflicted. But I don't know if you he know, really knew what they were doing in this movie with the heroes and stuff to the level of that, what it was. And I think he realizes now, like, yeah, I got okay. to do more. Okay, now you triggered me because you just mentioned Doomsday. I'm thinking, like, my dude, Martian Manhunter, you couldn't have been there to help with that? He was. But maybe he was just previewing the team to decide if he really wanted to join and he wanted to see how that battle went and he saw it went well. He's like, okay, I could be cool with these people. And, and that's okay, what he was Well, he was in the military, right? He was in the war room, so he was a part of it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm you on that, Violet, but my thing is I don't need you to assess when there's a big, giant monster, world-destroying monster. It's like, yo, you got you got some shit that you can bring to the yeah. battle to defeat this. You got an alien invasion. That. I don't need you to assess if you want to work with us. Put in this work, homie. 
We need well, you. But you're right. I hadn't thought about the fact that it is at the end of the year. Like, where have you been? I hadn't even thought about that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to help him out. Yeah, he was. Well, like I said, go watch one of the movies. You see where and, he was. And I'm sorry, I'm being consistent because I had the same thing for Aquaman. I had the same thing for Wonder Woman. I had the same thing for Batman. I'm like, mother, you mad at Superman, but your ass was running around in the streets. Where was you putting in the work to take out the uh, uh, Kryptonians? Who are you talking about? Bruce Wayne, he uh, he out there mad at Superman for the destruction that because he to take can't out. battle, they'll kill him. He can't battle those people, but he can battle Superman because he had kryptonite. Man, he hey, brother, think you see okay. why Batman was sidelined? Uh, he wasn't going toe to toe with them niggas in this movie. He was like, I'll handle these like foot soldier niggas, <laughs> but y'all gonna go ahead and I can't fuck. And, and truth be told, all it really take is a few solid hits from them foot soldiers. Batman's done, but he was whole, he had guns and shit, but he wasn't out there battling with Steppenwolf to beat his ass. He, but he did more work to Martian Manhunter. Well, again, Martian Manhunter was in the military. He was putting in work. He didn't know this stuff was going on until this movie. He didn't realize the level of dark side and all. He had no, the military had no idea. When did they ever come in contact with dark side? Uh, not, I mean, with, uh, not dark side, but what's the other dude? Stepping, Stepping Wolf. He's barely seen by anybody in this, except when he comes to get that mother box at Star Labs. That's when they realize, yo, there's some other shit going on here. That's the only time hey, they ever see him. I'm going to put this and the last military one in attacks him. I'm going to give this last nitpick and I'll be done with it. Martian Manhunter has telepathy. He couldn't have read any one of their minds when he was around them. They don't show that in the movie. What's going on. I, I was trying not to say oh, any of that. But they, but they didn't show that in the movie, so we don't like that. Like, I'm with you. I was trying to, to let, it, let it die down. <laughs> Maybe they're going to show some of that stuff in the next. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But until they show yeah, that, that, we don't we don't know he has that ability. Yeah, but that, that was the last thing I saw. I was like, it was great to see Martian Manhunter, but I was on my, uh, uh, what's his name? John McClane. Welcome to the party, pal. For sure. Thanks. You know, the, the original, uh, now I, know, I think they reshot that because, again, the rumored scenes from years ago was that it wasn't Martian Manhunter who came to the uh, Bruce thing. It was the Green Lantern. And oh. that's what they were doing. And actually, oh, even yeah. Zach has even come forward now and said he was trying to get Ryan Reynolds to be in the movie, but the timing just didn't work. Uh, that but I nice. think the original scene was Green well, Lantern comes to see Bruce, and he's like, yo, we're going to send the cord. You know, we're, we're going to help. The cast of John Stewart. Yeah. That's what the, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, but, you know, it's all set up. Uh, it's, it's well, I, I'm just going to say... Um, DC, they don't have a plan. I think we can all agree on that. They do not have a cohesive, long-term plan for these DCEU films. So in my opinion, go ahead and give Zack Snyder uh, a couple of more films to do this for HBO Max. You can take it. If we can, if we can see Crisis on Infinite Earth on the CW while they had while they released Joker and Shazam and Aquaman and now this film and Birds of Prey, then damn it, you can have the Snyderverse self self contained on HBO Max while you have CW still going while you're doing your um, WB theatrical release films. Well, I, w- I would argue they did have a plan. The, the, the issue is they don't want to stick to it. You gotta remember this movie was shot. When was this? This movie was probably shot before Infinity War and Endgame was shot, right? This movie was done. 
like in terms of all the shooting was done. So they obviously they didn't just shoot this. They didn't just let him just shoot whatever the fuck they wanted to. They knew exactly what they had bought into. Like they had a plan when they let him do Man of Steel and then they let him do a sequel, Batman v Superman. And then they let him do another movie, which originally was two movies. It was supposed to be Justice League one and two. So they had a plan. The problem is they didn't want to stick with it because they saw the success that somebody else was having and they wanted to duplicate that. So they abandoned their plan and then said, oh, let's just make it like that. And that's where the problems lie. And I hope this is a, 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 something that people can see. You never want to change your shit to try and be like somebody else's shit because you're not going to ever be like them. You ain't going to never beat them at their game. They should have just stuck with the originally what they did and put it out and move forward with that and not expect it to be Thriller. You know, again, if Thriller was popping and you just made an album and your album was on under the Cherry Moon style and I said, man, well, we need it to be like Thriller. Let's go back, get another producer so he can reproduce it and put it out. It would fail. It's the same thing they did with this movie. You know, Zach didn't go back and reshoot this movie. <laughs> he just used what he already had filmed. And just shot four minutes of new footage at the very end. So this movie was already in the can in terms of it all shot. Just had to add the special effects. So they obviously had a plan. The problem is, will they stick with it? So hopefully they'll go back to their original plan and let them do what he had, they agreed to originally. And don't let themselves be uh, distracted by the success that somebody else is having. Because obviously it never works. Don't clout chase. Don't clout chase. Yeah, don't chase that money. Ma Marvel, again, it's like Marvel, they have their plan. They have one person's vision, one person in control. And they're not, in my opinion, I haven't seen them really deter from what their overall strategy and goals are. It's like, well, Marvel DC, has, done do the, you? has done the same thing as this. It's just not made as a big deal. There's been plenty of Marvel and DC movies that were shot one way and they changed it and put out something different. Oh, no, what I was speaking of is, you know, like you said, where they had that plan with Snyder, they're going to do this way, and then they, they changed it up. I believe Marvel, like their goal after, you know, after the success of Iron Man, okay, we're building to Avengers, and then we're going to build to this Thanos Affinity uh, War type thing, and they stuck to that plan. Now, they might have changed the individual films up a tad bit to get to their end goal, but they didn't change the end goal. Right. Well, yeah. And again... Let Marvel do what Marvel does. I don't care if they have a plan or not. Personally, I just want them to make great movies. That should be the plan. Like, let the artists make great movies. You know, is that movie going to be a billion dollars? It might not. But if that's all your end goal is and what your business is, then you should just make the most copy and paste made by committee movies and be happy with that. And don't. And if you get the money, so be it. But obviously, it's got to be a little bit more to it because, again, you're trying to follow somebody else's playbook. It's not going to happen. It ain't going to work. You'll never be as good as they are. And I just, the other thing is that they should really take a hard look at the success of Joker. There isn't a, I don't feel like there was a larger plan with that film. They got someone who wanted to tell a great story, to your point, Mike. They got a great actor to give a great performance. And not only was it award winning, but they did a billion. And really, and if you look, I'm sorry, that film was good, but a billion dollars worth good? I don't no. know. 
So no. it's like, well, hey, look at what you've done. Well, obviously it is worth because the people, the people decided I, that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, for, I'm just like, I can't believe I did a billion. I got you. Well, we we were wrapped this up. Violet's got to got to jump out, and we 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 just we, we are nitpicking at this point. Um, but man, there's so much to talk about this movie. Maybe we'll have another discussion at another point. But definitely go see it for yourself. Decide for yourself. But I say definitely carve out some time and enjoy the experience of watching something like this. I think it's worth watching for sure. Uh, Violet, where can they find you online? Or does she already Sorry, I was oh. still muted. Is ViletBInteractive.com or Instagram, ViletESQ. All right. And Pooh, where can they find you, sir? Twitter and Instagram at Aunt Pooh. And Big Sexy and Sack. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's see. Twitter, WSE Mark. Facebook, Mark Wiggins. Instagram, Mark Wiggins 2. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, please let us know what you thought about this movie. And with that, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace. All right, we're back. It ain't it ain't over. Did you like that beat? It's not over. Jam. <laughs> oh, jam. All right, so we're back. We got to talk be. about uh, <laughs> Falcon Winter Soldier debuted this week. Episode one is out on Disney Plus. And uh, Big Sexy, you got the honor to start us up. What'd you think of it? You know, I loved it. You know, as much as I enjoyed WandaVision, WandaVision to me shot like a TV show. This was shot like a film. The opening sequence <clears throat> really lets uh, Anthony Mackie show what he's about and to me elevates the Falcon a lot. I think they, did, they have something good on their hands here and they talk about, you know, we do all the action, we do all, the, all that butt kicking and all that, but we also talk about reality of when you're not in the in the super suit. You know, we gotta get jobs, man. We got <laughs> obligations, we got things to do. And again, people forget that Mr. Mackey's character, Sam Wilson, was gone for five years. Uh, that, that creates a problem. You know, so I'm curious to see how they develop it further, but the opening sequence alone <clears throat> carried the day. It was magnificent. I am all in on Winter Soldier and Falcon. All right, Falcon, I'll, Winter Soldier. And I'll go next. Keep mine brief. Um, I loved it as well. I, this is what I was waiting for uh, from Marvel. Uh, they did not disappoint. Uh, yeah, the opening scene gets right to the action. And I just loved it too because it gets into the world of the MCU. And we start to get, because uh, I, I find it fascinating what, what happened after the blip, like after Endgame, what happens? And this starts to dive into that a little bit. So I thought it was just very like, it was a lot of good setup, but I was just like totally engrossed into it and seeing uh, Anthony Mackie's character, Falcon, he's a real person to me now. I was like, wow, he's got a family. I was very interested in all of his family dynamic with his sister and all that. It was very interesting in trying to get along. I know I'll let Ant get into that, but uh, yeah, it was great. Even Winter Soldier, Again, they're giving him some backstory and setting him up as a real person. I was like, okay, this shit is good. And I was actually mad when it was over. Because I was like, God damn it, the shit went like quick. I was like, it's just getting good. You know, they show the new Captain America. I was like, oh, they done did it. So I was like, I can't wait for the next episode. I can't. I, that's my only complaint. I have no complaints on the show itself. 
I kind of wish they just dropped the whole thing because I don't like I mean, I'm like, how many episodes? Is this? this shit's going to be like six weeks. I'm just impatient now. I don't want to wait. But maybe so that's a, a good thing. I guess it was so good that I, I can't wait to see the next episode. Like, ugh. So I loved it. And Pooh, what did you think? I have to echo both of you guys' sentiment. <clears throat> the uh, first of all, from the get go, for those that um, felt that Wandavision wasn't having enough action, they gave that to you. They gave you a dope ass in air action scene. Um, I had no idea that uh, Falcon could be this badass because we've seen little bits and pieces, but he had his time to shine and he was doing things that I was just like. Whoa, um, Mark, you can help me out. Is any of that canon or not? You tell me later. But I, and, but personally, I don't give a fuck because it was dope as hell. Uh, and then when they said, okay, we gave you that, we're going to slow it down and we're going to do some storytelling. We're going to do some character arts. We're going to bring in some, uh, some situations that not only resonate for these characters, but resonate for the viewer. And I loved it. Um, seeing uh, the issues with Anthony Mackie, um, when uh, spoilers when he decides he wants to save his family's um home and his uh family's businesses when he was saying this is our legacy i felt that when he went to that bank and that that bank man was like did him like bow bridges in one night in miami <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's right oh Falcon, let me get a selfie yeah, yeah negro we can't give you that money <laughs> You ain't had no job history in five years. I was dead. That ain't no excuse. <laughs> can, can I ask you a real quick question? Could you, before you, yes, sir. Did Falcon ever, did he say something to his sister like, I don't play around with these white folks or something? He yeah. Say, okay. I, can't say remember. I thought I was I tripping. I was that. like, did they have him say that? Wow. Yeah, you said it. I, I, I guess I need to go back because <laughs> I do not remember that. But that, that whole scene and situation, I felt that because it reminded me as a history major, yes, UCLA, I'm going to go ahead and say that, of how the brothers that went went away to the army was fighting fascism and the Nazi racist regime and, you know, brought liberated Europe, then came home and was like, yeah, you still nigger. Hit him with the Jay-Z, you still nigger. And I was just like, and that's why I put it in the chat. How the hell do you save the world? Shit, the universe and can't get a small business loan? Man, so I, I just that's my take right now. I'm feeling it. And and the other thing is, I, I'm sorry, I guess I thought I was going to wrap it up. I'm sorry, congregation. Let me, I got to keep on going. Um, <laughs> the other thing was with Bucky, um, it was maybe it's just me, but I enjoy I thought it was great to see here is this character that's been through some shit. And he's having nightmares behind the work that he was forced to do, the people he had that he killed. And unlike with Tony that we didn't see, he who was clearly traumatized, unlike with Wanda, who damn near tortured a whole uh, town because she was so traumatized with the grief of not only losing her brother, but um, her lover. Here's Bucky, Bucky um, doing the work on himself to get better, going to therapy. Now, I understand part of that was part of his uh, his uh, pardon, but it still was good to see that, okay, at least one of these adventures is getting some help because they've been through some stuff and they probably do need someone to talk to and work through that stuff. So I'm glad that they brought that in there. I understand that it might not make for captivating popcorn uh, blockbuster flick um, story, but it's good to see that because, you know, yeah, we have nine episodes and there are some good nuanced stories that's being in there. When we find out about who that Asian man is, 
uh, to Bucky. That was I was like, oh shit. Did I saw that explain picture? that to me. Was that did he kill that guy or something? That's that? what that's what they're telling, yeah, leading fun. us to believe yeah. that he killed uh, his son, and now he's making amends by you know having these interactions with him. When I saw the picture of his son that he essentially had a shrine to, I was like, oh man, I that's deep, heavy ish. That'd be heavy if they reveal it to this to the father. <sighs> we'll see, but that that would be interesting to see how that goes. My question, do you, uh, no, no, I don't even want to ask you that question, Mike. Let's move on. Go ahead. Man. Don't do that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, you, are a father. Could, could you have? Could you oh, forgive yes. that person? That's what I'm saying. For me personally, not, I, I don't know what his son did. So now, if his son was some terrorist murdering people, possibly I could understand. But that's why I'm, I'm very curious who his son was and why did Bucky kill him. You know what was the circumstance behind that? Because yeah, even better be question: no if he killed him, yeah. well, oh, he killed him. Yeah, he seemed like he, <laughs> he killed him. And you know the funny thing too, and I'm, I'm not gonna jump in your time, but when he was on the date with that uh, chick, I was I was waiting for her to question why you got them gloves on while we eating. Did you notice he had gloves on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, yeah, she did. She did ask him. Like, she did. What did he say? I don't yeah. know. He said something about his skin. I think he said yeah. skin condition. Oh, okay, I missed that part. Yeah. I wonder. I was like, yeah, "Is he gonna smash? <laughs> How's he gonna hide the arm?" Like, <laughs> and hopefully, he don't go crazy. Tear <laughs> it up. Mm. Oh, that's. A- <laughs> so I don't know. Winter Soldier has he been hollering at chicks? She might. She might end up saying the wrong shit. Snap that, that nigga PSD up in the pee. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger word, this nigga Christ. Let me stop. The safe word is Steve. <laughs> Why'd you say his name? <laughs> like, whoa! Stop the hate. But, but yeah, and, uh, I'm, and I was I was finished. But since we were going on, it's like I do love the interaction between. Anthony Mackey and his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen, you know, black siblings since uh, Black Panther. So to see that, uh, it ain't all gravy. Like, you know, we saw Shuri and T'Challa, they were joking. I mean, because they're essentially nobility and rich and b- smart as fuck. Here we got, yeah, they're struggling. And, and, you know, I know some people probably are tired of the black folks struggling trope, but, you know, it is kind of real. And it's not like they've been struggling their whole life. There's been, it was it, exciting incidences that's occurred to that and more so uh oh my god uh falcon he disappeared for five years right literally <laughs> yeah sister had to hold it down herself yeah yeah there's a deep story they can tell with this i hope they go there because they sort of imply things and i think it's a fascinating to, to look at falcon and his family and him being uh, he's an avenger i was like this motherfucker out he there, saved you know, the universe yeah he's on some other shit but he's still a real person and and it's just, I was, yeah, it's fascinating to me. A bank would say, yeah, we can't give you the money. I'm like, but can I take your, p-? he was essentially Michael Jordan. You know, he's the ball player that everybody loves. Oh man, when you won the game, can I take your picture? And like you said, but, but you don't get no dough. Like, eh, still ain't fucking with you. I'm like, damn, but he's an Avenger. Like, and he was like, you're Stark and I'm they're not paying you no checks. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I was I, like, I, for I, real. I, like, what? Did my say, and what was, I, 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 What's also good about it is the fact that uh, his sister's like, okay, yeah, you Falcon. Okay, yeah, you say the universe. 
You still my brother Sam. You ain't special. She really was giving you away. Ain't you shit. ain't shit. My cousin yeah. can do that shit. No, I'm just... <laughs> as far as the Stark people and the Avengers giving out, <clears throat> giving out money, yes. The Avengers have been known to give a stipend. $1,000 a week back in the day. So they got, so there is money. There damn, is money there. minimum wage. Yep. Can I get back $15 an day. hour? God damn. Back in the day. I'm sure it's adjusted for inflation and all that. So the question is, why didn't Sam just call up the Maria Stark Foundation or whatever it's called now and say, look, I need a little something. Boom. I guess they're doing the same thing and say, we love you. Come on over for no. memorial dinner for Tony and shit. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> give it. Now, if no, they no, put no, that no. in, that will be cold blooded. <laughs> now, I've, I've, I'm, I have to do the MCU, the MC versus DC fanboy thing. Um, Bruce Wayne took care of Clark Kent's yeah, people. Bruce, Bruce handled it. <laughs> Tony Stark with all that money, he was like, nah, you pull yourself up by your boots. Conspiracy, conspiracy brother hat. But Clark is white. Oh, true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Bruce Wayne was on cold, goddammit. That's all. <laughs> he was late, but he did get on cold. I'm on cold. Now, did he hook up Cyborg? No, nah, let me stop. <laughs> And he played in Gotham too, so he ain't got no excuse. <laughs> Hometown hero, well, just like Jim Brown. He's like, man, you you ran the ball on that. Remember you? Proud to say I know. Cy- was his what was Cyborg's name? His real name? Uh, Victor. Victor. Yeah. I'm proud to know Victor. You think I could come in and have? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and stay out here on the porch. I'll be right back. <laughs> I can see him now coming to Gotham like, hey, Bruce, I need a I need a job here. Well, you know, it wouldn't be fair. You know, you got a computer in your head. That's unfair to the competition. I can't be playing favorites. You know how it is. Now, you know what it would be? It'd be Alfred. Alfred be on his royal family shit. Oh, Master, <laughs> Master Victor. Come. Oh, hey, Alfred, can I go in the Batcave? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> actually, you can stay outside. Uh, he'd be on his royal family <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah hold the paper bag up to him. Nah, nah, like, nah. Are you more? Are you more machine or more black? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and uh Black Widow be on her Sharon Osbourne. How can I be racist? <laughs> What did I do, Sherry? What did I do, Sherry? <laughs> Tell me. Well, actually, we just... Huh? I'm like, whoa. Uh, Black Widow is under investigation. <laughs> she won't be with the team for a while. Well, she's dead now. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> well, this is before she... You're right. You're right. But yeah, I, I'm kind of... I'm really looking sideways. I'm like, doesn't he get the uh, the VA benefits or something like that? Or, uh, you know, Army? I'm just looking yeah. like, you ain't got nothing? It's like, they, they can give you some stipends for take for damn near, you know, rescuing people before you get to the Libyan border. But he he really can't go to the Army or whoever and be like, yo, I need, he need seemed, some help here. Or you. Yeah, he seemed to imply it was like more of a GoFundMe account type get down or something. Like, well, the, you know, the kindness of the people. <laughs> Like damn, well, you, know, these things, you know these things take time. Man. You know he's not the only vet who comes back after five years, and they gotta 
Put it all back together and have a bank What other vet saved the universe? Yeah, this nigga doing press conferences giving up the giving up the shield. They know. Yeah, I hated that too. I hated that too. (laughs) I was like, my brother. Really? (laughs) Steve went through time to bring that to you. And you just gonna give it up to this government? I I get it. You being a lawyer soldier. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, you know, it's about the people. It's the people's shield. Who is eyes to hold on to this? Oh, this belongs in a museum. <laughs> I sigh eyed that so hard. Like, no, he didn't. I mean, at least you can, I'm like, how you can't afford to take care of your family's farm and boat, but you got a vibe, you got, what, $15 million worth of vibranium? Shit. He was on, he, he, they kept it a buck. That's how cats do get down like that. And then he saw at the end, how he, when they was like, here's the new Captain America. He was like, ain't this a bitch? Said, also, there you go. speaking of Wakanda, <clears throat> why didn't Sam just call up uh, the royal family? Because <sighs> in the books, those wings, yeah, Black Panther made those. So they have a pre-existing relationship. Let me put on my conspiracy theory. Because probably Wakanda, they didn't see, you know, he's, he's FBA. And they probably FBA what Herbal Basketball Association? Gotta <laughs> <laughs> no. be brand new, okay? Because <laughs> he he's foundational Black American versus you know Wakandas. They probably call him all kind of Akata. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, all kind of what? Akatas. That's the uh, slur for us. Wow. <laughs> and and, and again, they show that Wakanda don't fuck with black Americans. They coming around to it. But traditionally, they like, we about Wakanda. We don't deal with, we're not here trying to save everybody else outside of this country. So maybe they're still working on that. That's why I, was, I said in the chat, maybe he should go to the outreach program center they got in, was it in Oakland or something? At the end of Black Panther? Yeah. You yeah. need to go holler and say, yo, man, I need some help. Cause yeah, they you know Wakanda they 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 help a Wakanda, you know black you know, black American you American nigga, you know, <laughs> you, you follow your master where your master Steve you let me stop I'm just clowning I'm talking shit I know it's, why is this voice about race Michael it's just, I'm because so it's funny sometimes I'm disappointed and it's true I'm so disappointed. But I think the show is great. I can't wait to see more. This is it's, it's awesome. It's good stuff. This is. I just saw. <laughs> I just saw uh, this post. Somebody said the Avengers need a union. <laughs> okay, something shit. They, who do they fall under? That's the question. Did they? They're not. Is there shield or is it sword? Well, or again, American going government. Back to the whole civil war thing. The whole beef of that. They're under the government to an extent. They got that United Nations Charter and all that. So, yeah. And, yeah, there's a lot of questions. Like, who who were those? Um, they had those bodies. Remember in the original Avengers, uh, Star, uh, Nick Fury was talking to the council or some shit? Oh, yeah. They were in charge. <clears throat> then you have shit. It's just, I'm curious. Like, what is the, who is in charge? So the American government decided on Captain America. But what about the rest of it? Is it- wait a minute. Wait a minute. You just said the magic word. Why did the Sam just call Nick Fury? Nick, handle this. Nick's off world. He's like, I don't deal with this. 
He's on. He out. He's on. Space, so what you saying is he told him to hold his own nuts? Pretty, hey, <laughs> you want to deal with them folks? I'm out here in space. I ain't got to deal with that shit no more. <laughs> I'm dealing with aliens. <laughs> what if you're dealing with the impending secret, the secret invasion? invasion. Yeah, just, but shit, we ain't dealing with them with them supremacists. I ain't got time for that. Whoa. <laughs> hey, Falcon in the show said I don't I don't fool with them white folks. That's when. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like, shit, nigga. I learned a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but there's some battles the Avengers just ain't gonna fight. <laughs> and they ain't fighting white supremacy. So I'm out this bitch. <laughs> I'm dealing with aliens, nigga. <laughs> better holler. You said better holler at T'Challa. <laughs> but nah, I'm just bullshitting. But yeah, this is a great, great show. I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see. And of course, the usual suspects in the chat hate it. But what now, else? I didn't see what Q said. Did he say he didn't like it? He, he said, said after the first scene, he didn't need to hear about the sister. He wow. didn't need to hear about Bucky. Like, I just needed the action. So what does he just guy, want? Like 30 minutes of just fights or something? I don't pretty much. Guy hates everything. That's crazy. <laughs> Lord no and master of the haterade. <clears throat> all right um well uh ample you said you saw some other things you wanted to bring up yeah um i started following this dude on a tiktok called the, the narrator with a da and uh, he put me on to a couple of films and tv one of which i know mark is probably gonna clown me i finally saw sleepaway camp and that movie is a trip that ending good lord get the fuck out of here I, I can't clown you because I didn't see it. <laughs> what? I thought you didn't know that. What is it about? It's uh, uh, apparently it starts off with um, this family. This uh, this dude has a son and a daughter. They were out swimming at a lakeside, and there was a boating accident, and one of the children's died. Then it fast forwards about I think want to say five to six years later, and uh, the surviving member, uh, a girl, I think Angela, she goes to sleepaway camp with her uh, cousin, and all of a sudden it's kind of like uh, Friday the Thirteenth. You know, all of a sudden these mysterious deaths start happening, and people are trying to figure out who it is and the ending will have you like i was sitting literally sitting there like what the fuck hmm. and i just said to like are you kidding me and then it just ends so i highly recommend one the the death scenes are pretty inventive remember this came out in 83 so some of those were some of the, the kills were fresh and new they weren't uh, re regurgitated or um remixed versions of what we saw from Halloween or Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. And two, there is a deeper story in her that if you look at it through a 2021 lens, you'd be like, holy shit, they, they cannot do this film, in my opinion, they would not be able to do this film in 2021 as it was some deep-ish going on and that ending was just ridiculous. I highly recommend you go see it. All right, Sleepaway Camp, all right. Yes, and then the other film I watched was called Vibranium. This starred uh, Jesse Eisenberg, and I, the, the woman is escaping me. Um, they're in a relationship. They're thinking about you know taking it to the next level, buying a home, and they go to this uh, place called um, Lucky Lucky Brand's housing community. They're like this uh, this dude is real creepy trying to sell this home to him, and he's like, yeah, just follow me. I'll take you to the neighborhood right now. All of the homes look exactly alike. 
and they pull up to this one home that's number nine. They go into the house. They showing them everything. They go to this one room. It was blue. It had a crib. And it's like um, the woman says, it's like, wow, this is painted blue. Like, so you expect a boy? And the guy just starts mimicking her voice. It's word for word, sound for sound. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, do you guys want kids? And they're like, yeah, someday. He's like, okay, yeah, this is for parents. I just want to let you know that um, this home is for life. And they're just looking at him like, this motherfucker is creepy as hell. So they go out to the backyard. And while they're looking around and seeing how things are and noticing that all the house look, look alike, the, um, the dude, uh, Marvin, he creeps out, jumps in his car, and just drives off. They're like, yeah, whatever. He was kind of creepy anyway. I don't, I don't care. So they go back into their car and they spend like the next seven hours trying to drive out of this um, gated community to the point that they run out of fucking gas. And now they're just stuck in here day after day, putting help on the uh, the roof of the uh, the house. And then all of a sudden they start getting these rat, these box rashes to survive. And they're like, what the hell is going on? And then one day they wake up and there's a box with a baby in there, a baby boy. And they're forced to not only raise this child, but then they found out that this child may be some type of other creature because he's mimicking them. He's like, he's damn near just like torturing them. He'll he'll wake up and want breakfast and then he'll just scream and scream and scream until they give him their cereal. And then he's... Uh, mimicking a voice um, as he's heard them arguing about trying to survive and they're tired of this and they're sick. He's mimicking it. They're, they're, uh, there's love making sounds to them. They, he was just seriously just torturing them. And I don't want to give any more away, but it was just a hell of a deep and, and strange ass film. And the ending was just, just had me like, what the fuck? What was Vibranium. It's on Vibranium. Vibranium. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, I have to check this out. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, it, it. Some of the stuff they were doing was just kind of crazy. If that was my my woman, I'd have been like, "Yeah, why the hell are you treating this thing like it's a real child?" She was she was up to getting mad at Jesse Eisenberg, uh, mistreating him and being abusive. And he's like, "This he's holding us captive. This isn't your son. Get the fuck over it." And I'm looking like, "Yeah, bitch, get the fuck over it." But you know, sometimes <laughs> you can't save everybody. Interesting. Okay, got some good yeah. recommendations. Well, you see the trailer, it definitely gets you involved. You know, I can't recommend enough Netflix's, Netflix's? I care a lot. That movie is heavy. It is magnificent. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, the premise is there's a young lady who is a caregiver slash conservator, and she goes around finding old people without family, getting the court to declare them wards of hers, and she cleans out their accounts. But she came across the wrong woman. Because this one woman was connected. Her son was one of uh, the people we but, talk about in the dark suits. You know, he was really a heavy cat, and it just goes from there. Was he was really Russian well mob. <laughs> yes. He was mobbed up. He was the wrong one. Hmm. I heard people talking about this movie. It's good. Yeah, it, I've never wanted vile things to be committed to a woman. Thank you. I wanted <laughs> towards her. The, you, the first twenty the minutes, first, and you see yes, the things that she, she was doing to these. I was like, I, I want her brutally killed. Just kill. yeah. and 
And then there's a point where you actually get to thinking, like, okay, are we supposed to be rooting for her? And I'm like, I don't want to root for her. I want her dead. Kill her. I wasn't rooting for shit. Fuck her. <laughs> she needed to go. Yeah. Was uh, there was this uh, one uh, one man who had to go to court, and he just was pleading his case about how he can't see his mother. <laughs> they kept me from him. Um, she's getting old, and here's this woman talking about how he's just using her, using her mother, his mother, uh, for money. And I'm just like, wow. I just I just sat back like, okay, this is pissing me off. And the sad part, even the even further sad part about it, is this is based on actual things that have happened to people. Hmm. Wow. All right. <clears throat> Man, I don't think I've seen any other things I can think of. I started watching uh, the last Blockbuster documentary. It's not oh, that yeah. yeah that's, that's on my queue as well. It's pretty interesting. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've seen anything else. <clears throat> um, what, real quick, there's a lot of different little stories that has happened over the couple weeks that we haven't talked about. But what's one of the bigger stories we can jump into real quick? Um, Shit. Uh, there's the Kirk. Pierce Morgan, Megan uh, Marco, Royals thing. Yeah. I, I put this elsewhere, but it's just it, it just kind of amazes me that the same America first, make America great people that says that says fuck the British crown. That's why we kicked their ass and and we uh, made the United States so we don't live under the tyranny <clears throat> of the crown. They're the same people that are now defending the royal family because this half half black woman who doesn't look black at all if you if you ask me is dares called the royal family racist now all of the same people that are talking about fuck fuck the british empire and the tyranny are defending it against this american woman that just happens to be black i have black in her mm. yeah i mean i don't you know i don't have too much to say on that stuff uh only thing I just was kind of saw that whole Sharon Osbourne rant. Yeah, but it's just kind of like, man, you kind of the more you talk, the more you dig in your grave. Like, yep, you know, just just relax. You get into just that the attitude that she had about it, and she went full just, Karen. Yeah, it's like stop it. Like, eh. it's so it was just cringeworthy. <clears throat> She's lucky she didn't catch Holly Robinson a few years ago because Holly would have put hands on her. Yeah, trust me on that. And the thing was that she tried to uh, put out a email that Holly Robinson Pete sent to her that was that was in glowing about sharing. And then a uh, journalist said, yeah, I know what was going on here. That email was three months before she was released from the show and found out you had something to do with it. So stop faking the funk. Mm. Yeah, when you that's when you're trying to drop receipts, but you don't drop the full receipt. Right. Somebody blast you. Yeah, I think Sharon yeah. got to go. <laughs> She's got to go. See, the thing is, I don't think she will. I don't think is there. I don't think there's enough pressure to have her removed from the show. I disagree. She took a shot at uh, Julie Chen, who was married to one of the CBS heavy heavies. Yeah. Well, no, he's gone. She got to he's go. gone. Oh, he's gone. This moves is yeah for sexual harassment. Oh damn, he was, he was me too. Yeah. So oh, damn, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's why she left the show because she was, you know, she's sticking by her man. He's like, oh y'all gonna do my husband like that? Okay, I'm gone. Wow. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Uh... <sighs> we will see. You know, but damn. 
Um, and then there was the the Kirk Franklin thing. Oh, Kirk. Um, Call your son a bitch-ass nigga. You can't do that, man. Well, <clears throat> he admits to being wrong about it. My, my thing about it is, though, on some levels, his son releasing that tape is the oh, actions of a bitch-ass nigga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't understand. Like, First of all, let me say this. It's sad all the way around. It's, it's unfortunate that your family has to go through something like this. Um, it's an L, in my opinion, on the, on the father's side that you have to even be going at your son about something like this. But it's even worse that it's made public. And I just try to understand the son's point of view. Like, what what would you think was supposed to happen by you putting this tape out there? Were you trying to shame your dad? You know, mess up the legacy? Or, you know what I mean? Or you clout chasing? It's just, either way, it's wrong. But it's like, why 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 make it public, though? Like, if I got in an argument with my parents or somebody, why would I put them on blast about it? You know, it just doesn't make sense. That's the sad part to me. Like, I don't, I don't No, you're understand. right. You're right. You got some things need to stay internal. No matter what is said, it needs to stay in the house. You yeah, know, like, and even if it was the worst thing ever that was said, I guess his intention was to hurt him, by, which is sad unto itself that a son would even put your, your father on blast. It's it's just sad. It's like ah man, that sucks. And he's older. He's like in his thirties, I think. Yeah, he's too old for this. There's shit. something. There's a lot really going is. on there, you know. And he's at the point where he should be getting his own um, therapy and getting over these curses because yeah. you know blaming your dad at thirty, you know, you know, you're old enough. You're a man now, so you you're gonna have to do what you need to do to get out of that situation. But putting him on blast as a man is just. I don't know, man. It's just so foul to me. It's, it's, it's so corny. I don't understand what he... he and I see but his granted, sister put him came out and put him on blast. And it's just course. going back and forth between him and the sister. And I got to... I, I, I was like, I know Kurt's just looking at this like, God. Take this shit inside, My, my family looking crazy out here right now. Well, he was the Anthony word. They're looking ratchet. Yeah, man. But, I mean... I don't have no problem with what he said per se because that should be a private matter. And I don't know what his son did to get him talking That's crazy like that. You know, what it's only half a receipt. It's not the yeah. full thing. So I don't know what all happened. Like, was he saying, oh, dad, I'll beat your ass. And you bitch ass. You know, I don't. And, and you got to think, when you record something and the other person knows they're not being recorded, you're not going to act a fool on there because you know you're being recorded. Yeah, that's true. So it's yeah, all true. like it's not real, like it's not fit. You know, I mean, it's like well, you're not gonna say nothing crazy because you know you're taping it. He don't know he's being taped, and then you, you know what I mean. So it's not even a real sort of situation. Like, where's the rest of the tape? So mm-hmm. it's funny style to me. Interesting. It's, it's a sad thing, man. Uh, but yeah, he had to come out and apologize, Kurt Franklin. I get it. You know, he's got to a brand i guess you like to say or he's got yeah. a business so he's got to come out he can't be stupid about it so i understand that now what do you think about you know people saying that um because because there were there was a discussion about how a lot of black people like and and there was like and they were saying that that uh generational black community trauma they were trying to paint it as that that it's not okay and you know my thing it was is like well i don't know what their relationship was i don't know I hate to blame the victim, but I'm like, okay, well, what did you do to get that reaction from your father? Because fathers don't behave that way. 
just out of nowhere. Right. Especially someone that public in the limelight who's tied himself to God as he has. So, I mean, I understand people can be two-faced, but to come at you like that, what's been going on? Yeah, exactly. What's the full circumstances of why you're recording conversations with your parents anyway? <laughs> what prompts you to do that? There's something else that's going on. Like, did you go into it like, oh, I'm going to get him on tape talking crazy so I can get his ass. Let me say something I know is going to get him triggered. Or was he just a bad guy and he just threatening to kill you out of the blue because he doesn't just dis- he disrespects you and you're going to get it on tape. And then you're going to use the tape to expose him to what I think to shame him into being better. <laughs> it doesn't well, it's like make you any said, sense. though, the son is 30 something years old and, you know, Kirk Franklin is Kirk Franklin. And so what's your problem, man? You know, whatever your beef is with with your father. You go talk to him. You don't set him up to say some, you know, some inappropriate shit and then go ahead and air it out, man. Yeah, I'm going to show him. <laughs> what do you do, man? Kirk has built up his whole, you know, thing, his empire. What have you done? Nothing. This is why you have notoriety for airing out your dad or some bullshit. Come on, man. And, and even it, if Kirk was bad, like I say, he maybe let's just say he's the most terrible person. Again, at 30 something years old, you're a grown man. You don't live there. Then anymore. you just have yeah. to separate yourself away from him and go get your healing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And get your life better. If he if he's that miserable and you can't talk to him, then cut him off. And you go be your man, your own man, and get counseling and help so you can get away from that generational curse and you know you can't change him. So leave it alone. But why again airing it out? Just doesn't I don't know how that helps the son. Like what is that? Are you do you want everybody to feel sorry for you or something? Like that? which you shouldn't need that. You as a man, you shouldn't need that. You, you need know, to I'm go get some therapy. It's it, Anthony is partially right. This is generational. You know, people that age now, I'm, I know I'm going to get a lot of blowback, but a lot of them are just soft. You know, I'm going to handle it with social media. What? Man, no. Stand up. If there's a problem, go talk it out like a man and don't be a punk. This guy's a punk. But see, the other side of what you said, I don't disagree with you. The other side, though, I said, ultimately, it's the L for Kirk because he is how you raised him to be or did not raise him to be. Either way, it's a reflection on you. That's why I said as a father, it's an L either way, because, again, that's your kid. That's that's your seed. He learned from you or he didn't learn from you, which you didn't do your job. So. As yeah. much that's why I'm saying either way it's this bad, but at the end of the day, it's gonna fall on the dad, in my opinion, because you are the one that's responsible for him. Now he's a grown man with these issues because there's something that was missing, and you being in control of that something, that's on you. This is your this is your handiwork. That's why I say it's always your kids a reflection on what you did or didn't do. They're gonna make their own choices, but for him to book, put you on blast like that, where he get that from or where he didn't get that from, but you you might have been... So it could have been like as much as Kirk puts into his music and all that, you probably maybe should have put just as much into your family so when your son get older, he don't feel like you've abandoned him or, you know, you know what I mean? Whatever it is. But 
Yeah, it's an L for that. Yeah, that's L. fair. That's fair. No, I agree. No, that is fair. You're right. That's how I be thinking about my son. I be like, man, he does something kind of goofy. I be mad, but I'm like, well, he's only doing. <laughs> maybe I didn't talk to him about that part, or maybe I wasn't paying attention to something, or you know, did I give him enough values, or did I stress certain things, or how to move? And I have to, you know, I have to have some responsibility in that too, because he is my responsibility. So I can't, I can be mad at him, but. I have to look at my role in it as well as I'm, I'm his daddy. So there is some accountability, but you know, I wish that I hope their family gets it together. You know, who, who wants their son to be putting them on blast for something like that. And it's just not a good look. The whole family is stressed out. I would imagine. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you know, I was listening to Tyreek. He was talking about, and he started posting up these pictures. If you, if you do a Google search on Kirk Franklin and, Billy Graham, he'd be like, "Damn, Damn yeah, that was <laughs> Tariq." I was like, oh, "What the hell were you?" There's <laughs> multiple pictures, like, like kissing his hand, and you know, like, ah, ah stop it. But that's all. That's something else. I see they got. We're not gonna get it. I see they got a little mama in the hot seat. Ooh, yep. something about anti-LGBTQ. Yep, yep, yep. Q comments. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go and be that guy. Who was Little Mama? Was she a rapper or something? Yeah, she was a rapper best known for uh, uh, like lipstick is popping, and then no, she's she was... best known for bum rushing the stage when I was getting there. Oh, okay, I was <laughs> but she's probably more well known for jumping on stage with Jay Z and Alicia Keys at the MTV VMAs when they were performing uh, Empire State of Mind. And they was like, who is this bitch? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> now nah, they knew who she was. It was just like, what you doing? Right. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, she said that she, it just moved her. She just had to be a part of it. I was like, mm, but did you? And she's also the one that Charlamagne made cry, which I thought was a bitch move on his part. When I she, forgot. She what was, was on the Breakfast Club and he was going in on her or something. She started crying. That was cool. <sighs> yeah. But sadly, here's what it is. Uh, to, to me, in this day and age, especially as black people, um, I, I feel like, why do you want to smoke dealing with the LGBTQ community going publicly with some of the stuff? Um, the, tide, the tide is changing where there is acceptance of um, these people, of who they are and who they're loving. And to me, what are you going to gain out of supposedly trying to say... Um, being trans isn't the way, or dealing with uh, dealing with certain people, how they handle their children, and letting them um, move towards uh, transitioning. I, I just don't see what it as was, a win-win so to try to fight the, against it. Yeah, what was she talking about? She posted a someone else's um, meme, or I just say post image that said that you know children at eighteen. Uh, I think it was some, certain things that you can't do, you can't drink. Um, you can't vote. Uh, teenagers can't drink, can't vote, can't smoke weed, can't get loans or some other stuff, but they can uh, chop off, mutilate their genitalia and say that they're um, transitioning. And I just was like, really? No, wait, I'm of sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. It was a 
text image that said that teenagers can't drive, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember all of them, but let's say you can't drive, you can't drink, you can't get, you know, all the things that a teenager can't do, Mm -hmm. but they can mutilate their genitalia, chop them off, and transition to the opposite sex. And I'm just looking at it like, are you serious? That's how you're going to choose to talk about the subject? I was just like, I'm like, you on your own. Hold your own nuts. (laughs) Sorry. Interesting. Is that true? Which part? That they can do that. <laughs> Drop your genitalia. If the parent allows it, you know, because oh, when you're okay. a minor, you, your rights go so far. But gotcha. if the parents co-sign it, yeah. Oh, okay, well, I mean, if the parents agree to it. Interesting. Man, that's some wild stuff, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! They got a lot to deal with these days. Because <laughs> that would been the furthest thing from my mind, but I guess. Power to the people. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's just, it's like I say when you're talking about Jewish community, freedom of speech, just watch what you say. Here's it specifically it says So, children are too young to smoke cigarettes, too young to drink alcohol, too young to get a driver's license, too young to go to a club, too young to gamble, too young to rent a car, car, but old enough to cut off their genitals and or change their gender. This is insanity. Hashtag America. Hmm. My thing was, yeah, if you're going to try to talk about this, why that? That was stupid. <laughs> some, things, some things are above your pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I say, man, freedom of speech, just watch what you say. If, you, if, if you're on the chessboard, understand your moves. <laughs> Think a couple moves ahead before you make a move so what could be the ramifications if I do this move and if it ain't and the thing is and maybe there is a valid conversation behind you know children um, transitioning and you know uh, going operations to 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 transition to the opposite sex Mm -hmm. but you're not quoting any reputable person. You just saw something on the internet and was like, yeah, this sums up exactly how I feel. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's freedom of speech. You just got to deal with your consequences. It's the only blanket thing I can say about it. I just was like, hey, whatever the topic is, I just want that same, I want that same stance when it comes to us. That's all like yeah you're not qualified to speak on it or if you say something you know it's gonna be a lot of smoke so <laughs> i just want that same kind of value system that, that i think it's dope it puts make it make everybody pause on what they say even if you think you're right we're still coming with that smoke so i, I love and, it and, and and nobody's trying to in my opinion no one's trying to silence her this isn't a censorship or first amendment thing this is a you're saying a stupid ass shitty thing mm. Yeah, I mean, this is for a lot of things these days, you know. Uh, You say something out of pocket, you're going to be, you're going to get some pushback. (laughs) No matter what topic you're talking about, if you talk too crazy, they're coming for you, good or bad. It is what it is, so. Even if you said it 20 years ago, it's going to come back, especially these days. Then there was some kind of, I saw the headline, it was Teen Vogue. 
editor oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got lost her job or something. She said something a long time ago about, about Asians or something like that. Or? Mm-mm. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> they're coming for your shit. If I ever if we get too big, I'm sure they're going to be like, man, they said this <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> they got me. And the thing is, though, I think <clears throat> a lot of times that's easy for me to say because I'm not in that type of uh, spotlight. But if you say something back in the day that could be considered, let's just say, questionable, and somebody challenges you on it now, you just own it. Say, you know what? I wasn't thinking back then. I was wrong. Keep it moving. A lot of people try depends to get on what client. you said, though. Depends well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. If you say something like real, real stupid, oh well. <laughs> You can own it, but you'd be owning that other job. <laughs> own that another job, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, said it. Yeah, yeah what, what about it? Oh, God. When she was a 17-year-old freshman at the University of Chicago, she uh, tweeted, which right there, why are you tweeting offensive stuff in the public Stupid sphere? Shit. Yeah. Uh, about Asians. And, of course, she picked the wrong week <laughs> for that to get brought to light. Yeah, yeah. So the tides change. This is where we at. Uh, Mike has said this before, and I'll reiterate it. If you think you said something offensive, now is the time to go to your Twitter, Facebook, even Instagram, and do a search and delete. Yeah. Shit, it might even be just <laughs> beneficial to just delete your shit. Just to just start over. Start over. Yeah. Yes. Just start yes. over. Just for good, you know, just for good measure. Fuck it. <laughs> you want to play around. Yeah, I, I, no lie, I've gone through my Twitter. It's like, I'm sorry, Ampoo nigga. Oh, okay, let me delete, 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 delete. Yep. Ampoo nigger. Clean it up. Woo! <sighs> Clean it up. Yeah. This should be like, that should be a whole business. They probably already have that where it's certain. Oh, hire us, and we'll go through and flush your you know, flush your social media. Actually, that's a good idea. <laughs> Think about yeah, it. Come back and of. sanitize your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of like, all that shit. I'd be like fifty thousand dollars to do that. I'm like, you can do it if you want, but I don't think you want to. So just pay me. Well, yeah. If you, especially who you're dealing with, if they're big time, like, listen, this fifty thousand or your career, which one is? <laughs> right. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> And yeah. and now we we have an extra hundred thousand plus premium spe- uh, special where we make sure it's deleted completely, like none of that archive dot com type oh, thing. Right. They ain't gonna find nothing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. So very interesting times. Uh, any other little story of note? Uh, well, you know, on that vein, <clears throat> the guy who was hosting the Bachelor Bachelorette. Apparently, it said something on Twitter 100 years ago, came out, got in front of it, stepped away from the show for a bit. Hmm, I'm Got to do it. Okay. And that opens up the door for my guy, Emmanuel Acho from uh, Fox Sports 1 to step in as the host for the last portion of it. Hmm. Okay. All righty. Well, well, if you did it, you're gonna, it's, it's going to come out. The bigger you get, the more likely it's going to come out. Bottom line. Yeah, man. 
All right. Well, I think that's where we'll call it here. Uh, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We, we did uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, Yay. Justice League, some other movie recommendations. So there you go. There's a lot going on. I, I we'll just say, it's what a great time to be a fan of comic book movies and stuff like that. I mean, man, we're getting great content back to back. Gotta love it. We still got, what do we got? Real quick, what's what else is Invincible. coming? Invincible. Invincible's coming. When is that coming out? Next week. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm here for it. I think isn't the Godzilla Kong next week or something? Godzilla Kong, uh Mortal Kombat was announced. So there's a lot of great stuff coming out. E- eventually Black Widow will come out some at some point, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. They need to just shit. They might just put that shit on just, stream. Let's put it out, man. Damn. <laughs> At this point. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.